Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, 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 ever played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk about these MF sports. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 39 of Amateur Hour. Wow, Shrey, what a day. What an episode we have lined up today. We have full circle. We have come full circle today. And we're going to be talking about, (laughs) with three games into the NBA season for just about every team, we're going to be talking about our hottest, hottest NBA power rankings. And there is so much to discuss. So before we get into that, let's kick it off. With those weekly highs. The weekly highs. All right. So, Shrey, I am taking the weekly highs this week, and my personal and sports high are kind of mixed into one. Now, that is because since moving to Arizona, of course, I have to become, I have to become a, a, a bandwagon Cardinals fan. It's perfect timing. They're, at, they're good this year. Same thing with the Suns. You know, it's just. It had to happen, and the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, are now 7-0. and What a start to their season, man. They have so many offensive weapons, and they just added Zach Ertz, who got his first touchdown in his, in his like second game playing with them. I just, wow, they are great. And I went to that Cardinals game. So that was my first NFL game. So it was great. There was great energy. It was a sea of red. Uh, there was like two Texas fans there. Blowout over Texas, even though they started off with a safety, it was it was fantastic. That's I can only imagine this is the perfect year to be in Arizona, just knowing that Kyler Murray is playing at an MVP level. And He's insane. It, it's pretty ridiculous. He went twenty for twenty eight yesterday. I know that <laughs> the Texans. I know the Texans are uh, should be relegated. <laughs> to say the least from the NFL like it, like you you should hear me just off podcast talking about the Texans because I despise that organization it's just ridiculously long, run it's a clown show they've made horrible decision after horrible decision every year right so you know it's gonna like if you lose to them it's pathetic like like that's why uh, we passed on the Patriots last week because the past almost did. They almost <laughs> lost. Like, and we passed on them for winning. That's how. That's how bad the Texans are. So, <laughs> yeah, that that Zach Ertz trade only does them help because Max Williams got hurt. I think two weeks ago, and you know, just having such a great wide receiver like that's that offense is so pro- prolific. With AJ Green, Hopkins, Kirk, Moore, Ertz, Kirk, yep, right. It's yeah. just it's it's ridiculous. And then they have some great backs in Chase Edmonds and James Conner. It's and the defense yeah. is so good. It has Chandler Jones and JJ Watt, like you said, and it's like, <laughs> oh, the JJ uh, Watt pickup. Uh, yeah, I know taking JJ Watt from the Texans and taking Hopkins from the Texans. <laughs> big on in in Zach Ertz too. I think it's funny because when he was leaving Philly. There was a quote in his in his final press conference, and he's like, you know, this is just tough, man, because this is where I want to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. you feel for the guy. You're like, you've built yourself up a little life here. You got your friends, maybe got some family, you know, whatever it is. You just like the organization. That's great. Yeah. But after last Sunday, after he scored that touchdown, he said, I've never seen so much green field in front of me in my life. 
And that's pretty much true because the receivers he was playing next to, he was probably their top option every week. Like, my <laughs> and gosh. everybody's collapsing on yeah. And, and, yep. and Jalen Hurts can't throw a pass to save his life, and it's like and Kyler Murray's throwing dimes everywhere. It's just, yeah. Kyler Murray's got wheels too. I watched. Yeah. Oh my god, there there was oh the other thing too is that there was a there was a they went for it on fourth down and they got like 15 yards off of that play it was it was fantastic oh. it was a beautiful murray throw to just like the the corner going to the end zone he didn't make it into the touchdown on that play yeah. but on fourth down to get 15 yards oh ridiculous yeah <laughs> that's how good that team is dude i know i had some caution you know put out there when we started talking about football with the cardinals being being good, but towards the end of last season, they kind of petered out, especially when Kyler Murray got hurt. Well, hopefully, Kyler Murray stays healthy because if he stays healthy, this team is going to keep rolling. I don't see them getting stopped by by almost anyone unless them unless like for themselves. Like if they stop yeah. themselves, that's their problem. So, yeah. And when we got in the beginning of the game, when the Cardinals got safety, when Ky- Kyler Murray, Murray got in the beginning of the game, when when the Cardinals and Kyler Murray got safetyed. Yeah. I was concerned because he went down and he took a really hard hit and he was kind of like, he had to be helped off the field. Like he didn't look right. And I'm like, Oh no, this can't be the first game that I go to. Can't be the game where our star quarterback gets injured, <laughs> but he came out and he was perfectly fine. And then continued to throw 70% like insane. <sighs> Ridiculous. <laughs> so those are my weekly highs. All right. Yeah. So Trey, what's bad? <laughs> the lows. Let me tell you what's bad was how the Red Sox season ended next. Like there's there's things to be happy about with this season, which it was definitely a roller coaster. And it's definitely everything you want from an MLB season where the expectations aren't the highest when you come out in spring training and you're like, okay, I see ourselves as like third right. in, the, in, in, the, in the division. And then you get off to such a torrid start, right? You're going crazy through April, May, June. July, like you're number one, number two in all of MLB, just in terms of record. And you're like, wow, I did not expect this. But then, so at that point, I feel like your expectations should change. If you're having an extended run, right? Not like a couple months and you're getting to, you know, the middle of the season, you're, you're doing really well. I feel like the expectation is you should be a contender and you should be adding to that team. They ended up adding to the team. They got Kyle Schwarber, right? They got Kyle Schwarber, Hansel Robles, and Austin Davis. And at the time, we talked about. I kind of ranted about how they didn't do enough to address their needs. Yeah, Yeah. to address their actual needs. Like obviously, you can always use another bat in the lineup. And I never, you know, it was never on Schwarber that like, oh, he was just a horrible pickup because. You saw what he did in Washington. He was such a great hitter, and they got him at a discount because of the injury. And he produced once he came back. So that wasn't the issue. But once we got into the playoffs, right, and you faced another prolific hitting team and another prolific, you know, just all-around team in, in Houston, the offense and your pitching and your defense all have to be at an elite level to match with that team. And right. for the first two games... You're all, uh, for the first, you know, three games really, you know, if you count the first win, uh, first game was a loss, and they scored okay, but they gave up that game. And then the next two games, games two and three, ridiculous offensive outbursts, like 
Grand Slams. I even saw that. Yeah. Uh, who who hit his second Grand Slam? Uh, Schwarber hit a Grand Slam in Game 3, and JD hit a Grand Slam, and Devers hit a Grand yeah. Slam in Game 2. Uh, yeah, Devers, yeah. So ridiculous offensive outbursts. So the pitching wasn't really a factor, but then the bats just shut down the rest of the series. And when the bats shut down, the pitching has to keep up and the pitching can only keep up so so long as Alex Cora is willing to keep the pitchers out there, the starting rotation out there. And that's what happened. He was, you know, he's playing the odds most of the time. And, you know, he took out sale when he probably shouldn't have. And he kept in Evaldi and, you know, some of these some of these things where the bullpen still was shaky. Like they didn't do enough in the bullpen side. Hansel Robles kind of broke down. They didn't they don't have a real they never had a real closer because Matt Barnes became a total head case and they took him out of, you know, a couple playoff lineups. They had to put him back in because they got injuries. And then now you don't know who's playing uh, who's who's your closer every night, and you're just kind of makeshift, you know, creating a staff out there. And the at the, least the Astros... at least they didn't put in Phillips Valdez again. <laughs> <laughs> but they put, you know, they they still put in. That's the they thing. put in some guys. That, that yeah, was but like, Shay, that's ooh. exactly that's the thing. That's exactly to your point. Is like, oh, we don't have a designated closer, so we're just gonna throw Joe Schmo. And Phillips Valdez in, and oh darn, he just let up <laughs> freaking eight runs in one uh yeah in one inning. Like they 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 had to put in Martin Perez after they put in Avaldi in game in game five. They put in Avaldi because they were like, hey, we need to win this game, right? And then he he gives up four runs. So then you're like, oh, who do we turn to now? And then they put in Martin Perez. He gives in two more runs, and you're like, well, this game's give this game's over for. You know, I don't even know if the season it looked like the season was over at that point because the hit, the, you know, the bats just weren't waking up, and it, it's kind of a depressing end to the season because it felt like you needed as a Red Sox fan to understand that the expectations had changed once they had won the wild card game, and then once they had beat Tampa Bay, who everyone felt that they should have lost to, and then. Right. You're up two one against Houston, against a really good Houston team, and you're two games away from winning, going to the World Series, and then you lose three straight, and you, for a combined, I think it was four or five runs, which was like, I don't know. Oh, it's just know. It's not just a great, a, it's not a great season end. Yeah. Hey, hey, at least, at least we beat the Yankees. I uh, yep. My friend Thomas from New York sent me a bunch of great memes, uh, and then he started saying, "Oh well, Brooklyn's better than the Celtics," and I'm like, "All right, no, you still lost to the Celtics." <laughs> you know, it's when it's when it's when the Yankees lose. He's like he's taking like a potential like first second seed in the NBA and bullying like a sixth seed. I will I will I will say this: the Yankees paid Garrett Cole three hundred twenty four million dollars to absolutely crap down his pants in that wild card game. <laughs> At least we didn't we didn't pay the, that much someone that much money that ended up doing really like horrible. The, all the people horrible, that played horrible right. didn't have great contracts to begin with. Like they or they were just kind of like you know at the end of the at the end of the lineup we'll just like throw them in there. You know what I mean? So at least we don't <laughs> overpay someone to play bad. While the Yankees overpaid a lot of people to play horrible. So I will say that. <laughs> 
Well, then there you go. It's Shrey, I'm sorry that you felt like it was a frustrating season. Uh, you know, we talked about a good amount of baseball, I would say, this year. Um, mm-hmm. And now you're going to have to see, you're going to have to analyze. And I'll try to learn more as we go. But uh, you'll have to yeah. analyze, you know, like what needs to change for this coming season. Do you? Uh, are, right. are we going to retain Hernandez? I think he has one more year in his deal. So I would hope so. I think he well, played. I just, uh, you know, I know the Mookie yeah. Bet situation, so. Yeah, so I would hope so. I, I I really like him out there in center field. I think he's shown he showed me a lot that Heim Bloom, although he didn't pay a lot of money to a lot of people, like you know, to some people, the people that he did pay and the the people that he did br- bring in, other than Garrett Richards, played significantly better. Like Hunter Renfro over the course of the season played really well, other than his you know horrible playoffs. And then Kike Hernandez was unreal in that playoff stint, in that playoff stretch, and then was a solid, really good, you know, really good, solid to really good center fielder. So I would love to see him back. I think your big questions now at this point are, are we doing enough to keep Bogarts? Are we doing enough to keep Devers? And, you know, who else can we bring into the line? Are are we going to keep Schwarber? What's going to happen there? Schwarber. And then are we doing enough to, you know, meet those needs that we were talking about earlier in the season, which actually came down to bite us. Schwarber met a, had a big error in the series and, you know, it swung things around at first base. And if you had a, a, a good defensive first baseman, maybe you wouldn't have to rely on people that can't play the position. So, right. That's also, I love the, yeah. uh, I love the names of the Boston sports executives, Heim Bloom and Wick Grousebeck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Owner of the Celtics, like what? <laughs> I mean, the 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 Bruins guy is Jeremy Jacobs, which is more of a oh classic classic nice, double name white guy. <laughs> nice Caucasian name right there. <laughs> I I'm a Jeremy Jeremy Jacobs. I have a uh, yeah I have a I have a, a a relative with three first names. Like a middle name is also the first name. Yeah, like oh, it's it's nice. it's literally like, like it is like one of the widest names that you will ever hear. It I'd like love to Jim, say it on air. Jimmy John, just, it's, Jimmy John Smith. It's literally, it's it's literally like close to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> we'll refer to him as Jimmy John Smith. Jimmy John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Shrey, what about what about just quickly before? Because we 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 for for all the uh, all of our for all of our listeners today, we are gonna dive right into the to the the the, the craziness. That is mm. the start of this NBA season. And we're going to dive right into the craziness of what we think in our expert, expert opinions. Uh, we were actually, we were decently close last year, except for your, your nine and 10. Those were, or your eight and nine. My, whatever yeah, you put the Kings and the Pelicans at. I, I definitely put the Kings in there. Yeah. Which I, which I, I'll hint to it now, Max. I did not put the Kings in any playoff. Scenario. Oh no, that's a spoiler. <laughs> just wait. I was just going to ask before we get there, what is your personal low? Oh, my personal low this, uh, from this week. Any more bagel trouble or? No, the bagels have been good to me. It, they've been they've been very kind. My <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've not given me they've not given me the bagel any gods of... have smiled upon me. <laughs> they've seen my struggle, my strife, and have blessed me with my fine new bagel cutter in the cleanest slices possible. I, I will the say, bagel gods. <laughs> I will say I found myself uh, a little bit sluggish 
this week. And I feel like overall, I'm I'm kind of looking forward, like not looking forward to as in like a positive, but also like looking forward as this week come, comes across in New England. And it's very rainy and it's very uh, cold and damp and oh. rainy and all and i tell you i tell you max all week all week there's i think one day from oh. this past sunday to this upcoming sunday where it doesn't rain so i think that's kind of like a little bit like added Trey, to all my i can mood, say and it's sad all i can say is i can't relate <laughs> it hit yeah, when the heck does today. it rain there oh it doesn't Sometimes it did actually a couple of weeks in September. We got like two or three rainstorms. Uh, they oh, lasted yeah. for about 15 minutes and they were dry in 30. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, I was in I was in Denver this past weekend um, and oh. it was cold. It was like 60. But being used to the heat now, I was there and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm I'm cold. Yeah, chilly. Th- that is one thing I found was it was, I think, 55 yesterday, and it was a nice 55. It was, like, sunny out, and there was, like, a little bit of chill, like, a little bit of wind. But I was like, man, I got to wear, like, a second layer, where normally, if it was, like, 55 coming off of, like, a 90-degree day here, I'd be like, holy crap. Yeah. yeah. I might be, this is amazing. Like, I would much rather have the 55. But now I'm like, now that it's getting, like, cold with the 55 i'm like oh this 55 doesn't feel as good as like a summer 60 <laughs> yeah i hear you i hear you well sorry about your weather <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm okay>. <laughs> <laughs> to everybody living not in the desert hey listen i uh you guys can survive in the summer you literally can't go outside here anyway <laughs> all right trey <laughs> here it is (laughs) welcome 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 ladies and gentlemen to the 2021 2022 nba power rankings episode where max and shreyas discuss the most important power rankings you will hear this year all right shreyas i'm excited let's get into it i just want to reflect on last year i feel like we did a pretty good job I think so too, Max, but I also don't remember what I said because I'm trying to, you know, not think about me putting the Kings in the playoffs last year. Yeah, that was not good. That was not great. <laughs> but overall, for those of you, uh, yeah. <laughs> For those of you who are just joining us, when we did this last year, or for the shortened, weird NBA season, actually at the start of this year, we, Shreyas, not we, I can't include myself in this in this debauchery. Shreyas said that he thought the Kings were going to make the playoffs because he thought that Marvin Bagley was going to have a good year and that uh, Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox were going to maybe do good, good enough to get up. in. Well, yeah. And you also thought that Zion – oh, Zion too. Have you seen the stories about him? Yes, Max. We've been talking about him, and he's uh, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> to add on, like it's like salt to his already injured wound. Is already all saturated rumors. to his already lipid wound. Yeah, it, it, are all these are all the rumors around him that are? I feel like they've just been very surface level. That they're not like, oh, this is like glaring, and people need to look at this right now. But I feel like if something were to happen, like people need to keep an eye on some of these rumors because uh yeah so for everybody who doesn't the proof is in the pudding and zion's been eating too much of it 
So <laughs> <laughs> what's been coming out recently about our, our, our beloved star Zion Williamson is that he, after coming off of his rehab, is now, quote, north of 300 pounds. That is insane. This man was already 285 and a big boy. And I'm yeah. not making this to comment on his physical appearance or anything like that. I'm just looking at it from a NBA athletic standpoint. He is much too large for longevity or just to even like play effectively in the NBA, especially as you have, again, the, the changing league of like long, just skinny, 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 but muscular and like durable, like guards yeah. and forwards. You know, like look at Giannis, right? You look at him and he he's extremely muscular, but he's still lean and mean. Kevin Durant, yeah. Jason Tatum, John Morant, Zach Levine, even Jalen Brown, who is, I would argue, larger, is still like very lean and mean. Like a lot of these guys, all the centers, Kristaps Porzingis, you know, these guys are, there's a body type, a variation, but there's a body type. And Zion is an outlier. So the stories have been coming out that he is now north of 300 pounds. And I saw a picture and he just looks big. So that's mm. very concerning for the Pelicans, for Zion and his camp. I, I, they say that he's okay to play and he's fine, but concerning. Yeah, it's interesting because he's already injured and it seems like his rehab you know, is going slowly. But to add <laughs> the weight issue onto this, and I think his ideal weight, his ideal playing weight should be around... 255 260 i think if he's i'll, not I'll give him 275 a, i'll give him 275 i'll say 10 pounds off of last year yeah he, he'll still be strong as heck well but he'll be a little bit more agile and he should have more longevity with his joints with right. you know it just just his tendons like all that stuff right we already know he has a great build and he, for being 285 he definitely looks like he's on the muscular side right from last year at least but if right. he's gonna gain but if he but obviously when he goes into you know year three year four year five year six 270 needs to come down to 260 it's gonna be a growth process and he's gonna find his ideal way i really think for how athletic he wants to be if he wants to you know lengthen his career he's gonna have to take off at least 20 pounds from his weight from last year. I think he's going to have to be in from that last year, let alone this year. Yeah. So to add an extra 20 pounds, I think that means coming back from rehab, it's going to be a, a slow start and he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, the conditioning probably won't be there to start and he's going to have to get into game shape mid season, which is always a tough task. Right. Like, well, well and think about though. this, too. A lot of people, I, the, the argument that's coming out is, well, if you want to have a dominant center, you got to have a Shaq type, right? So Shaq was 325 pounds, which is impressive. That is an impressive weight. However, he was seven foot one, right? Right. Seven he, foot one. Now that is stretched out across a much larger frame, more power, more, more. The strength capacity is higher. Zion is only six, six. He's an inch taller than I am. And he is literally about 70 pounds heavier. That is, that's a lot. And he's more so now. He's literally like almost 100 pounds heavier than I am. Right. And I'm pretty sure when we talk about, when we talk about Shaq, I remember seeing st something about when Shaq, you know, started in Orlando, he was not as heavy as he was, 
you know, in the Laker championship years. And the way he put on the weight was, you know, I think he, he only got to around that 325 you're talking about around 98, 99, like 1998, 1999. And that's when they started winning, right? That's when he became this massively dominant force MVP and no one could really stop him being his weight and at that height. But if we look at how long that lasted, right, before he started getting injury issues, it lasted only around three or four years and he was having, you know, sporadic issues here and there. But for like true health, from a true healthy standpoint, he wasn't able to last longer than three or four years without getting a severe injury, right. you know, coming and off of that last championship. So that's exactly, exactly. And that's when him and Kobe were the most at odds about his weight and his conditioning. But then right. you think about Shaq and Orlando, he was still well over 300 pounds, but man, he could, oh my God, athletic yeah. freak. Insane. Yeah. Well, he was, so you got to think a, about that too. And, and yeah. Zion's already been hurt. For, for the majority of his career, mm-hmm. he's been injured more than he's played. And right. it's just ridiculous to me as a Zion doubter <laughs> that people are <laughs> still hyping him up to be one of the best. Whereas we see John Morant out of the same class. I mean, that is out of the two. I'm taking John Morant every single day, mm. every single day. I don't care that Zion was a fake all-star last year. <laughs> and people are going to get mad when I say this. But John Morant is a better basketball player. I'm, I I don't disagree with you right now. I think we look at Zion in terms of his potential and his capability more than what he's actually produced. And Zion, although I like aspects of his game, like I think his passing was really good at the in the middle of last year. And, you know, he's definitely a good offensive rebounder and his ability to, you know, get into the paint at will sometimes is is ridiculous mm-hmm. like but consistency and availability are you know two of the best abilities out there like just being a, a pro player like you need to be on the court and you need to show that you can last a full season especially if you want to be a star so that's something we haven't really seen from zion and i'm not sure other than the play that we have seen if it, if it's going to if if it's also going to hurt his career the way he's kind of conditioning and stuff. And that was a question coming out of college for him too. Could he get into NBA shape? We know his capabilities. Can he get into NBA shape? Mm -hmm. And that's a question we're still saying two years later. So. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing too, just on the injuries and on John Morant is we've seen him get hurt. We've seen him been out for the pretty much the minimum amount of time. And we've seen him bounce back almost immediately, like as, as quickly as he possibly can you know different different people different body types different training trainers all that stuff but something to consider as well on that argument yeah he had a he had a he had like a grade two ankle sprain last year and he came back in a month yeah like that's like a that's like a significant injury a grade two is closer to two months and he came back he came gordon hayward was out for three with that so yeah yeah so (laughs) so i don't I think that's like a, a a test of his toughness too, and I yeah. I, I as of right now, just based on the body of work, you can't say that John Morant is not as good, if not better, than Zion at this point. I'll say he's better. All right, Shrey, let us do our dive. Which conference do you want to start with first? I want to start with the West first, Max. Mm, I think classic. I think I feel like we might we might match up here more. 
just based okay. on I, I agree with that the options available. So I, I kind of want to see where we go from here. Okay. Okay. I just want to say, and I'll let you go first, but my top three could all change. And I think the top three are going to be very close this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have them set in a particular order just based off of history and based off of potential and things like that. However, I think that the the top three in the West are pretty interchangeable. And I'm fairly certain that these teams are all going to stay healthy, knock on wood. Um, and if that is the case, they're all going to be very, very comparable. So, Treyas, I want to hear who you have in your top three in the mm. Western Conference. So, Max, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make sure we keep that baseline of health, right? So, although we know you know people's injury history, and I think we should yeah. Only, yeah, I think we should keep that only in check when we understand the depth of the team in general. I don't think we should be thinking about if 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 this person's hurt. Okay, okay, yeah, fair, if, fair. If Mitchell gets hurt, right? So, or if LeBron gets hurt, like under like as long as they have the depth then i think we should kind of keep that baseline so understanding okay, that, I like that understanding that my top 3 max are the jazz the suns and the lakers in that order oh wow okay i have two of them mm. i have the i have the jazz also at number 1 okay the jazz we'll just talk about it now yeah. while they have been a consistent very consistent second round exit. They are led by a top coach. They have top tier talent. Donovan Mitchell gets better every single year. Rudy Gobert is DPOY. Like, there's nobody else who is DPOY. It's just him. And <laughs> <laughs> he's the only. He gets all the votes. <laughs> he gets all the votes every single year. Apparently, there's no other defensive player besides Rudy Gobert. But they're deep. They're a team oriented uh, team. Yeah, they have Mike Conley, who is a great guard, and considering health, and if that whole team is healthy, right. they have the potential to be a number one seed. They are very good. They are tough to beat. They have a great bench: Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, a, you know, great players, and I think that they'll go far in the regular season. Yeah, they have a lot of versatility on that team. I think every every kind of aspect that you would want from a consistent team they have they have the shooting they have. right they have, they have defensive the versatility yep, yep defensive have, yep yep Royce O'Neal is defensive uh, Joe Ingles and Mitchell and Conley they can all pass and then they have you know they have the closer and Mitchell and then mm-hmm. you have someone to lock down the paint Gobert and as much fun as we make of Gobert he is he is very good at making sure offenses don't get you know second chances he grabs yeah. every defensive board and say, and then he's a presence in the paint. Like he does block shots. So and alter someone... and alter shots too. You have to consider that too. His his right. wingspan is insane. And if you're a regular guy driving in and you have a weak take, it's gone. It's out. Yes. It, it's going to get blocked. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then you know, in terms of depth that they got this year, they got Rudy Gay, and I think he's always a good bench piece on any team that he plays for. And then they got Hassan Whiteside too, who is a permanent monster i think i still think that he's not going to play more than 15 20 minutes ever but in those 15 minutes you can be assured that he does almost the same things that gobert does so 
that's someone coming up, coming off the bench that like you also have to be worried about. You can't let him go off for 10, 12 points in his in his minutes too. So I think they did good enough and they were number one seed last year too. So I don't see any issue with them being number one this year either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. So you had number two as the Suns. Okay. Okay. I put, yeah. So like I said, it's all interchangeable. For me, I had number two is the Nuggets, who I think is another great, phenomenal regular season team. And I had the Suns at number three. Now, this is no hate and no disrespect to my hometown Suns. I think that they're another phenomenal team. You know, Chris Paul is singing praise about their locker room. They have depth. They have offensive and defensive capability. The issue I see coming up and the issue that people have been talking about is the sign it's who got extended and signed and who didn't get extended and signed Mm. mainly being deandre ayton there's a lot of concern about him how he's going to play how he's going to last throughout the season how the locker room is going to be chris paul said that he's already had conversations with da and it's one of those things where like you have to shut a lot of the noise out because now Mm. there's going to be people talking to him they'd be like da you should have gotten paid man oh why'd you why did why did uh you know campaign and Landry Shamit, why'd they get like extended and signed? Why did Bridges get extended, you know, and you didn't all those things. And so he's going to have to put his head down, work hard, evaluate what his goals are and evaluate how much he wants to play for the team. And with that, I mean, there's, there's nothing to say that he couldn't get a great contract next year. Absolutely. I think his play from last year and especially in the playoffs, it felt like they were going to resign him immediately. But I think yeah. the value couldn't get matched. I know DA definitely wanted the full. More. Yeah. yeah, he wanted the full 173. And I think the the hesitation for the Suns organization was the years prior, right? Mm. He took a while to like get good and warm yeah. up, really. I mean, That's this true. is this is the end of his rookie contract and only his last two years. His first two, he was a defensive liability. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say liability, but he was exposed on defense a lot. And he we talked great. about this. Yeah. He wasn't great. He 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 had the same kind of Robert Williams from the Celtics problem where in pick and rolls or in very like intricate offenses, he could get stuck. Mm. He's not switching. He's not, you know, diving to the basket in, on defense. You know, it, it's he's out kind of in that middle end and he had a harder time on the perimeter. Right. Now, I think a lot of those concerns have been addressed and he's gotten a lot better there. So I. I think that he deserves the bag for sure because he really is a great center and he's coming up as one of the top young centers in the league. It's just interesting to see how that played out within the Suns organization. Yes, and that's something to look out for. I know he's had a couple, you know, to start the season, he hasn't been great, but I expect him to be better than he is right now. I think, for sure. I think, yeah, it's just about a level of focus for him. And if it's, if he's worried about the contract more than, you know, how his play this year will affect his future contracts, then that could lead to, you know, a tougher time for that Suns team. But I I expect him to play well enough that this team gets back to where it is because, or where it was last year, because Booker and Paul, you know, that they're leaders now in that, in that, in that clubhouse. And Mm -hmm. then, Bridges. And they're so good, man. They're so yeah, good. Yeah, they're 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 very deep. Landry Shaman, I know I was kind of confused at the contract extension right away, but I was also he, confused by that. But a but great signing. A, great yeah. offseason pickup. Three point specialist, right? You still have campaign. Elite. Yeah. You have Alfred Payton. 
you got JaVale McGee to back up Aiton. Which I, I think, think is a solid pickup. He's a he's a veteran big man who is still athletic. He's off that vegan, you know, mm. lifestyle. So he's staying young, staying healthy, yep. staying loose. Yeah. He he swears by it. And hey, he's still playing in the league pretty well. And he hasn't been seriously injured in a while. Again, knock on wood. So whatever he's doing, it seems to be working. Absolutely. And they still have Jay Crowder. I think they have a lot of good defensive that, pieces. Jay Crowder is despite his flopping, which I still can't stand. He is so still so underrated and slept on for like a role player. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, he hits open threes when you need him to hit open threes. And I watched the start of the Lakers game the other day. Dude hit three floaters just off the bat. Yeah. It didn't need he's to change it up because they just couldn't stop it. And he just would drive and float and boom. He's big on winning teams too. Like when when a team is winning and when like he's a he's a key cog in that factor of why they're winning. Mm-hmm. This is a performance here and there that he'll shoot horribly but he'll make an impact defensively <laughs> if he's shooting horribly he's that kind of he's he's focused in that way so i still like the suns at two i know you you said you have them at three but my question for you max is why do you have the nuggets at two mm, i think again as long as they're healthy you have mvp uh Jokic, and i think i've watched their games they have uh Facundo Campazzo. We talked about mm. him last season. I think he's a great playmaker. They still have Aaron Gordon. We might see some development from Bol Bol. Uh, and then when Jamal Murray comes back, I think that they have enough pieces to be a solid second or third seed, really. I, I think, yeah, the Suns actually should. And, and I might even just change it. I might put the Suns at two and the Nuggets at three. But I mm-hmm. still believe that the Nuggets are a top three team, especially in the regular season. Okay. Okay. And I'll talk about the Nuggets when they come up in my list too. So why don't we why don't we move on to those next three? Okay, or, okay. Well, well so we actually, any- no, no. I need to. We need to talk right now, and this is going to be a heated d- debate, and this is going to be a hot topic. We got to talk about the Lakers. So yeah, that is true. I'm going to tell you right now where I have the Lakers at. You have oh, them okay. at three. You have them at three, Shreyas. I have yeah. them all the way down at. Uh, <laughs> I have them at six or seven. Oh, okay. Wow. That's 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 surprising for me to hear right now. Here's why. I can't in good conscience ignore the fact that Anthony Davis and LeBron this year. I I totally agree when we had Sam on the podcast what he said about LeBron phantom injury if things aren't going well. Mm. We saw it happen with the Lakers 3 years ago. Things weren't going well. LeBron got a groin injury that kept him out for he wasn't hurt. Yeah. So looking at AD, if AD gets hurt, they're losing games. Yeah. That's you think, true. Do you, do you, do you, do you sincerely believe? And I think there's, here's true. the thing. And here's why I had a hard time putting them so low is because there's too much talent on that team. You have the best veterans, the best veterans in the league are all playing on the same team. But I think the issues are already arising where AD makes the 75 team over Dwight Howard, which is absolute BS. Dwight, Dwight Howard's impact on the league? Are you kidding me? It's it, it's kind me? of insane. It's kind of insane that Dwight Howard didn't make the seventy five. Or it's the seventy six. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, Trey. It's Dwight Howard. But here's the thing: you watch the Lakers play, and when they start to kind of lose momentum, you're like, "What are they doing?" LeBron. Here's the thing, too. I'm watching LeBron, and something is different to me this year. Something is so different to me about how he's playing the game. I don't know if it's he's just getting older. It's 
it's do, definitely do, 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 you, do you know what i'm saying like can, can you can you kind of like see where i'm coming from i'm watching his physical game i'm watching him play the yeah. game of basketball and he looks different to me he definitely seems a little more kind of off in a sense of it feels like he's trying to figure out how westbrook plays and that, and that's the narrative too, is everybody's yeah and his involvement in the game specifically it, it doesn't seem as i guess energized as it was to start se- as to start you know seasons yep. past so it, it's difficult to it's difficult to know if it's oh he's just not you know revved up into the season or if it's like oh he's doing this kind of wait and see that he kind of does with new players and and he'll just turn it on at any time which lebron can do so he's had some you know good statistical performances but yes i i I see what you're where you're coming from in that throughout the 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 span of a game i don't see full involvement from him yet so that's something to look out for yeah and they got dogged by the suns I know the final, the final score was only a 15 point differential, a 10, 15 point differential. Yeah. Uh, It didn't matter watching the game. You're like, wow, wow. These guys are getting dogged out there. And that was the same game where you saw AD and Dwight Howard get into a tiff on the bench. Yes. And that's concerning to me already again. And you have to think about these guys. They are, they are, they are, they have egos and I know that they're trying their best to set them aside. But at the same time, they all are like, I want my stat sheet to be filled. You think AD is going to settle if AD for and this is purely hypothetical. I'm not insinuating this at all. But if AD hypothetically becomes a third option, becomes a fourth option, do you think that he is going to be okay? The guy who left New Orleans because he just wanted to uh, whatever he wanted to do. Do you think he's going to be okay with being guy number three? Do you think he's going to be okay with being a Kyle Kuzma equivalent? No, of course not. It's Anthony Davis, and he's going to be upset until he can score and defend. And a lot of that is on him. I mean, I watched him against the Suns, and he was god-awful. And I think those performances are going to happen throughout this year. Yeah, they got their first win, and they're going to win a lot of games for sure. But I have them. I I have them. I mean, yeah, you're you're basically saying that you expect – some sort of maybe internal like in a sense whether it's on the court or off the court some sort of internal combustion kind of sometime Hmm. during the season yeah and and here's the thing too i think i think i want to i want to i want to offer a disclaimer to yeah i want to offer a disclaimer to sort of everything that we're talking about today the nba is getting better every single year now at the end of the day somebody has to be number one and somebody has to be number eight so right. by saying that a team is a six through eight seed is in no way insinuating that they're a bad team. I'm just saying that there are seven teams that even if it's by one to, to five games are going to be better than them. And this is also an 82 game season, Max, now. So it, it's, it's a, a long, long season, season and we're we're no way in, in any aspect saying that this is going to predict their playoff performance, right? Like if the Lakers make the yep. playoffs, they're obviously going to be a top seed in our minds of like oh, okay seed doesn't really matter at that point because of the lebron factor and the ad factor but and the, and the championship factor but in terms of that 82 game schedule there's going to be ups and downs for a team that's you know working their way figuring out each other having kind of this these internal uh struggles yeah conversations heated conversations yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so hey ad your ruffles commercials suck <laughs> <laughs> they're not great no they're they're terrible they're he, terrible. he brought back that guy from like vine the guy you from know who I'm Vine. talking about? Did you see that one? Uh, I can't remember his name. He was like no. some like Vine star who I haven't seen in social media or like in the public purview in years. And they were like sitting <laughs> like on the couch. The damn Daniel guy? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't him. Was he back? Oh, I don't know. But if that was him, I'd be like, wow. <laughs> I think a little bit more famous in his prime, but I can't remember his name. Anyway, yeah, my whole I'll point. I'll have to look it up. All right. But yeah. So the Lakers, I'm going to I'm going to put them at a solid six or seven. I just they're not bad. And I think the West is going to be really, really close. OK, in terms of games, I think the East, too. I think there's so many like really solid teams. Yeah, that, that between both conferences, there's going to be a lot of evens. There's not going to be a lot of, you know. 70 and 10 guys, the East is so deep this year, it was very tough for me to make a, a top eight slash 10. So yeah, we'll I get agree. to that, Max, but. All right, so now, Shrek, yeah, go through go through four through six. Yeah, let's go through some uh, mid tier regular season when a Western Conference teams. And so for mm-hmm. me, number four, I have the Warriors. Oh, me I too. Think, yeah, I think they're going to be very very much improved, and I really like just where they're at without Clay. I'm really I'm I'm a fan of how they've they've played the past week, and then also. I like their depth. I for a while I was not, you know, I was I was unsure about who they had past Curry like for the past year, right? Like they don't have Clay. Who can they kind of depend on for that scoring punch? Iguodala. I really yeah, <laughs> Iguodala. <laughs> I choose Iguodala. <laughs> There's a space laser pointed at Earth. Future's on the line. Last shot. I'm going Iguodala. <laughs> I I like what Jordan Poole and and Wiggins bring. Like Wiggins now vaccinated is going to play as many games <laughs> as he's healthy. And no, and that's huge availability, right? We I always talk yeah. about I preach availability. And if you're a good player, you must be on the court. And Wiggins, although he's not number one worthy where he was drafted, Wiggins is a solid scorer. He's a solid defender, and he's he's going to give you some big outputs here and there. So I like Wiggins. I like Jordan Poole. And then when Clay comes back to have, you know, to have Jordan Poole come off the bench, to have Otto Porter, Damian Lee is a good scorer, right? Draymond Green, still a good playmaker. Uh, JTA, a good playmaker. Bielitsa, a good shooter. I like kind of where they can get manufacture some scoring from outside of Curry. And I know you know Curry's gonna Juan get Toscano like Toscano Anderson, goat. Otto Porter goat. Jr., goat. Goat, goat. <laughs> they have he, Gary he, Payton's son, goat. <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. can finesse a, a whole NBA team and still <laughs> and still have a role. <laughs> but he's you know, he's still there. And he like they have some they have some flexibility. And when Clay comes back, I know he's gonna have to like take some time, you know, getting into the, the swing of things, being out for two full years. But uh, I he, think he's he's one of the he he is one of the best shooter. He's the best catch and shoot shooter in NBA history. Yeah, just about and uh, it, let alone in the league, like when he's healthy. Oh, but also think about too, uh, the the their draft, Jonathan yes. Kaminga and Moses Moody, yes. who both had preseason highlights. Really, really strong players. Uh, Kaminga's out right now with I think it's a 
right ankle injury. Mm. Yeah, he's still something like that. But they they say that he's, you know, positive right now, that things are, you know, moving in the right direction. So he'll be back. And I think that's great. Drafting a drafting a shooting guard and a power forward as like two solid rookies. And they got great picks. But I think yeah. it's like seven and fourteen. Right. Yeah. And the the big factor for them, Max, is what, what I feel is is James Steph Wiseman. Curry. Oh, yes. No. That's it. Because you know <laughs> Steph Curry you know what Steph Curry is gonna do. Like he's gonna he's, you know what, straight he might even have an MVP season again. Hmm. If he plays like this, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he does it. And, and, and you look at him and there's like, what is your ceiling? Like, what is like, where do you stop? Where do you stop getting better and breaking ankles and breaking hearts and literally being a basketball god? When do you stop? And he said, probably never. And he do smiles, you know, does the shimmy and then just drains a three. I, do, you know how, do you know how we used to say, you know, LeBron, oh, the LeBron factor when it comes to MVP voting. And it's like, oh, well, you know, LeBron gets it every year. He's like, we got to give someone else a chance. I think we're getting to that point with Steph Curry now. Like, I think he's got to be in the conversation. <laughs> I think I think he's in the conversation every year so many times that like it's going to get to a point where we're like, oh, well, Steph, you know, Steph is there every year. We just got to give someone else another chance. And I think we're getting to that point. Like, that's how good this man is. He's he's going to beat the the three-point record this year an, an, another record as if he didn't have any more and now he, he's he's looking like a tom brady of basketball yeah he's 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 gonna be he's gonna be a uh a legend already he's in the top 75 players of all time and and no one had any question about that so we're not even going to debate that but for me coming coming you know into the season james wiseman was a player that i feel like should be better than he is. And I feel like he needs to get, if he can understand how the NBA works and just get into that mindset and, you know, have the game slow down for him. I think he, uh, he'll he's, get there. he's a factor. He, he, he's a, he's going to be a factor because the one mm-hmm. thing the Warriors have never had, even when they had championships, well, and they didn't really need to when they had KD, but now more than ever, they probably do is a great a big center. Man. Yeah. A great mm. center. They don't what do you, have hey, a, a whoa, solid why, why are you putting disrespect's name on JaVale McGee, Goat, <laughs> Jonas Derebko, Goat. goat <laughs> yeah, and, I don't and, think he's a center. <laughs> and now, yeah, he's center power forward. He was there at the five sometimes when they were running know, small. Andrew, Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut. Yeah. And, uh, Andreas and Biedrins. Uh, David and currently Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney. Why are you putting disrespect on his head? I... Uh, because he's because I'm not because be I'm not Looney. <laughs> I'm not Looney to put Kevon Looney in a great center category. He he's there. He's a he's a placeholder. But if James Wiseman can be a twelve and ten, a blocker a blocker two type of player, like that just opens up everything. Like that's a guy now you have to worry about driving. Like you don't really have to worry about them driving now on Kevon Looney, but you oh, will. Well. <laughs> you will if James Wiseman can be there. So that's why I agree. I think Steph himself and when Clay comes back, I think that's enough to put him at four. So that's why I got him at four. I agree. All right, five, six. Yeah, Mavericks, Nuggets. I have, okay. I think. I also, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you you have the Mavericks at five? I don't think I have the Mavericks at five. Uh, I don't think that there's too much to talk about the Mavs. I think yeah. that they're a, they have Luka Magic. They need Kristaps Porzingis to be better. Be better. They need yeah. him to 
be better. Just play, dude. Just be aggressive. It's it's insane to me that he has had such a such a and I know there was an injury in there, but he has had such a downturn from who he was in New York to to who he is now. And it's not like he has a lack of shots. It's not like he has mm. a lack of looks. He yeah. really gets them and he just plays soft. You know, one time I was playing basketball and and one of the kids I played with and he, he's disgusting and he's such a sleeper. And you look at him and you're like, this kid can't be good. He's filthy. And he said to me and another kid, he's like, you guys are big, but you play small. Mm. And I think that is exactly the case with Porzingis. You're playing with one of the most talented basketball players we've seen in Luka Doncic, Luka Magic, a god, another basketball god. The, the yeah. way that he perceives the game, his basketball IQ is like 300. It's insane. He's going to allow you to be better. And I don't think KP right now would be any better off going anywhere else. Seriously. I, I agree. I agree. This is a this is a situation for him to play with a great player, but also not have to worry about kind of who's coming up and like is someone going to take minutes away from him. If he were to play well, he will definitely if he doesn't play well, like you know, there there can be more minutes going to Dorian Finney Smith and Dwight Powell and in a smaller lineup. But Ball as bound. long as K- <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> as long as KP is there he needs to be playing at an all-star level and he needs to be available I know that's been a concern his whole career is can he stay can he stay healthy for a full season I don't believe he'll stay healthy for a full season but as if he can miss a maximum of 15 games this year yeah I think that that's a win great. for the Mavericks yeah I agree. I agree. And, and and just just quick, the last thing I want to say about the Mavericks before we move on, it's it's pretty straightforward. They're they're going to be about a fifth seed, worst case six, best case four. They're going to be right in that four to six range, most likely five. Think about their bench: Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, uh, well, just just the players that they have. They have Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, like you said, Jalen Brunson, Josh mm-hmm. Green, Kleber. They have Trey Burke now, Willie Cauley Stein, Boban, yeah. Reggie Bullock. Tim Hardaway Jr., what I already said, but uh, the only guy that's not good is Frank Nick. Nick so good, you got to say him twice. <laughs> Nick, Frank Nick, I can never say his name. The French Frank. Filthy Frank. Filthy Frank. Awful. Thank God the Knicks got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're going to be good. All right. So, Shrey, you have the Nuggets at six, and I want to hear why because it's very, I mean, we switched our six seeds pretty much. So, the reason is I think Jokic. He he definitely is that is that top tier guy. He's you know arguably going to be MVP for the next couple of years. In that in that realm, the top three. But other than him and Michael Porter Jr., I don't see much upside from this team. I don't see anyone where I'm like, oh, this guy can grow into a role, or this guy can is already playing at a, a high level and you know he just never got the minutes or anything like that. I think Monte Morris is not a starting caliber point guard. I think he's a good point guard. Yeah, he's a good he's a good backup. Yeah. He's a good backup. I don't think he can ever and the same with Facundo Campazzo. I think these are guys for on a permanent basis, they will give you solid minutes. And they'll and they'll they'll make sure that they limit their mistakes and they'll give you solid minutes. Uh, but yeah, I actually wait straight. I want to I want to just argue with you right here. I, I want to contest. I think there's two guys. I think there's one guy that showed a lot of growth last year that I think has potential for more growth. Okay. PJ Dozier. He he okay. had a, he had he played really well with Jokic when you have a guy. He's a great cutter. And when you have yeah. a guy to give him the ball in the cuts, 
he's long enough and can make those those tough finishes. Same thing with uh, like Jamichael Green. I think he plays really well with great passers if he doesn't have to be the primary facilitator, ball handler, or like driver. If he can drive without the ball and get just those dunks and those plays. And Aaron Gordon, too. I think that he can grow into a bigger role. He he was traded in the middle of last season, and there's always growing pains with that. You know, they did mm. fine in the playoffs until they got to the Suns and then got wrecked. Yeah. But they're playing a, a phenomenal team. And I, I Will Barton, I'm very low on now. I think that he had a chance the past two years after coming back from his injury, and he just, like you said, he became a lot whinier. But I, Austin Rivers, too. I mean, he he has grown into a much better player than he was two, three years ago. And I think it's those names that aren't household names or even like, you know, <laughs> second house, you know, whatever the yeah. lower equivalent of that is. I think it's those guys that are going to be surprising. And with the great big man at the helm and with Jamal Murray coming back and with Michael Porter Jr. I mean, that guy, I'm giving him a third seed because he's going to have to play for his money. Oh, my God. I think I think. Yes, I agree with Michael Porter Jr. He's got to play for his money, and he's got to prove that he's more than just his vaccination status. And that's <laughs> that was a big that was a big story, but it doesn't affect him much being in Denver. But he's got to play well, and you know, kind of shed that light, shed that you know shade that was given on him on the during the off season. I think Jamal Murray's not coming back this year, and I think. You're really? putting a lot I thought of I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll come back in January. Yeah. The, the, oh, in January, he got injured in, in April last year. I think, you know, it's a 12 month injury. I don't think he's back for the rest of the year. I think they're going to have to see a lot of minutes from people like Dozier and Compazzo and Morris. And I don't think these are guys that are it would be in the Nuggets best interest to depend on stepping up. I think these are great permanent guys. I think these are great depth pieces, but they don't have that guy that yeah, they don't have a guy that can play 35 minutes and be counted on to score anymore other than Jokic. And that was an issue at the end of last year. That's why they kind of struggled, you know, going into the playoffs that they had to depend so much on Dozier and rivers and, like Jamichael Green, these are all guys that are really good in a 20, 25-minute role. But mm. any more than that, I don't think their value is, you know, I think their value is negligible from that point on. So if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't play well or is not, you know, up to that upside, he's the most upside out of all of these players on the team. He's a guy that can get up to a 25-point-per-game scorer if he's really, you know, if he's really involved. I think everyone else, even Aaron Gordon, I don't really trust him in his current role. I think he his role in Orlando was really heightened because of his playmaking ability. And I don't think with Jokic on the floor, he knows how to play with another playmaker. He didn't really have to do that in Orlando. Evan Fournier, yeah, he can pass. He's not really a playmaker. He's a, more of just a, a scorer. scorer. Yeah. And, and Vucevic... He's he's he was the the top dog on that team. All Gordon had to do was pass to him. So I think with Jokic being the top dog and the playmaker, Gordon has right. not fi- found his his niche yet. And I think this is kind of a weird situation. I called it when we talked about the trade deadline last year. I think it was definitely a good move because they needed to make some sort of move over Paul Millsap. 
But once we were talking talking about the second half of the season, he didn't really fit, and I don't see him fitting with the same team over again, especially without Murray. So that's why I have them at six. Okay. Wow. That's actually <laughs> that is an incredibly convincing argument, Shrey. And I, oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> stick with your You're gut, dude. Stick me, with your gut. So I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna stick with my gut. I might move them. I'm, I'm gonna switch. I'm officially gonna switch Suns to two Nuggets to three. I still think that they're a top tier team. I don't know. Just Jokic is so good, man. And they're just, they're a good. Yeah. I don't know. I think that they're a good basketball team. And and you're right. They don't really have a second star. But I think the team orientation and and the expertise of you know good old Mike Malone and, and yeah. Jokic and if Michael Porter Jr. Players, can play his upside and play as an all-star, you know, most valuable guy who deserves the $200 million contract. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I just, I think it's, yeah. Okay. That's a good point. However, I'm not moving the Lakers up. I think the Lakers are still going to stay like six seed. Okay. And I would maybe move, move warriors to three, whatever it is. Okay. Let's talk seven and eight. Let's talk seven, eight. Let's talk, let's talk the end of this, uh, seven, eight, and then play in. Let's kind of put those together. So who do you have at so, seven and eight? Seven and eight. Seven, I have the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Eight, I have Portland. Mm-hmm. And nine and ten, I have Clippers and Spurs. Ooh. So you Clippers said you without have... Kawhi are not, they're not it. They yes. they they have without Kawhi, I look, PG, pandemic P, playoff P, whatever you want to be that day, you're not enough to lead the team by yourself. And while you have Luke Kennard still on the team. I I just they don't have enough. You still got Marcus Morris. I just without Kawhi, you're not. You can maybe make the play in. I don't see you being a true playoff team. It's the same kind of conversation we had with or that I had with the Nuggets. I also have, so I have them flipped. So I have Trailblazers at seven, Grizzlies at eight, then okay. I have Clippers at nine with you. So it's the same argument. the second star does wonders right for especially your outlook on the season Kawhi Leonard is a better player than Jamal Murray right and Paul George is an MVP caliber player when healthy so or like in you know in that top three so Mm -hmm. just having Kawhi Leonard there that that heightens that would have made the Clippers like a, a four or five seed to me but without him, it it lowers them further than Jamal Murray not being there lowers the Nuggets to me. It's just it's it's such a big loss knowing that they depend so much defensively and offensively on Kawhi Leonard, and they don't have great front front court depth. You know, Serge Ibaka's broken down. Ivica Zubac is he's good. He's a good center, but he's nothing. You know, to look at a lot of upside about and they have a like kind of this ragtag team of veterans like reggie jackson and morris and they they lost what it is huh they lost they lost rondo they lost rondo but i mean but you still have terrence man terrence man that's some upside there but i i just don't see them you know, doing much more than what Paul George can provide them on a nightly basis. So I, I have them right at nine. I think we talked about the Grizzlies already. I really like them. And if Jaron Jackson Jr. can stay healthy, he's he's huge. He's a defensive stud. 
and he can hit threes and I, I really like his game. And we we talk about I think it's a big season for Triple J. Yeah. I think it's a big season. But however, uh John Morant and He's, yeah. Brandon Clark and they have good players. Yeah, they have good players. Like and I, they play with the se- sense of urgency and a Oh sense my of god, grit. they play with the biggest yeah, the biggest chip on their shoulder, the biggest sense of grit. I mean, the Grizzlies are are a fun team to watch, and that is because I just I think John Moran is instilling that mentality in the whole team that they are entirely slept on. Right. That nobody is giving them the respect that they are due, and I think that's translating onto the basketball court because those guys are fierce. The fact that they almost beat the Lakers and missed free throws is really what like threw them under the bus. I, yeah. I if you're that close to a team of some of the best talent in the league right now, your best veteran talent, period. Yeah. Like that. And it's the third game in the season. Again, barring health, phenomenal team. And, yeah. and, and just great basketball, fun to watch. They will eat a lot of teams alive because of their fast-paced, gritty, just tough basketball. Absolutely. And with the Trailblazers, I think they're in the position they're always in. There's not really much to say about them. <laughs> They, they're this type year. of they're this type Every of team year. they're this type of team and they're not Shreyas, i don't even know they fired terry stotts they got chauncey billups mm-hmm. how much of a difference do you think that's going to make i think it's negligible yeah I, coaching literally like as long as i like terry stotts i thought he was i thought he was a really solid coach it's just like coaching, what do you yeah coaching in the nba is all about i guess star management and if you have the stars you're managing them if you don't and then you're you're doing a lot more coaching right you talk about these kind of bridge teams like you know the brad stevens early era that's what brad stevens did in in uh in 2013 you know he really he took a lot of guys that were uh you know uh on the on the cusp and he did that in 2016 as well in 2017 (laughs) you know he brought him to the the eastern conference finals so i yeah i think he's a pretty good coach so uh, exactly so that's Uh, that's the type of team that you're thinking about when you when you think about coaching right like but if you have the stars like lillard and you have mccollum and stuff it's all about can you manage them and you know seeing how lillard can get disgruntled here and there it's all about you know making sure that he knows that this is a team that they can you know put stock into and it's all about the the trade deadline for this team if they don't they they got norman powell last year they gotta do something that but he's already hurt yeah, they got to do something that shakes up this team, shakes it up. Literally, they, they've been doing they've been doing the McCollum Lillard backcourt for a long time, and while it's great yeah. and it's fun to watch, and they sent OKC home to one of the best shots of all time, I, I just they're not enough to win a championship. I mean, Yusuf no. Nurkic as your big man, he's good, he's very good, he's just not. I don't know. He's not going to help you lead a team. You got, you know, if we're thinking about their bench, you have Nasir Little as a, he's a second or third year now. He's been playing really well to start. How much of an impact is he going to make? You got some solid rookies, but how much of an impact are they going to make? Everybody's looking to Dame to be that guy. And while he is that guy, it's just when you're going up against a team full of that guy. Mm, Good point. (laughs) It's hard to beat it's hard to do and that's what we see every year it's like they're just they're a couple points shy it's not even like they're getting blown out because they're a competent team it's just they're a couple points shy and when you lose you lose and that's it yeah yeah it's 
that's the I mean, team. McCle- yeah. A couple points may, you know, here and there, and that's why they're a 500 team every year. So, it, it, and, and when they get blown out too, they really get blown out. So, I don't know how much Lillard can stand of this. And, you know, you always got to keep in the back of your mind, are they going to, what are they going to do with him? Do they think that it's better to get, you know, value for him now or have him be disgruntled going into another year if this happens again? It, it, I, there could be some I, yeah. real drama coming out of Portland sometime soon. So no, I, I think so. Well, I don't know. Should I, I will, I will acknowledge your point. I just, I look at Dame and I see his character and he's really like, I think he's going to, I think he's going to live, breathe and die in Portland. I really do. I think unless mm. the team trades him, it, he will not make the, the executive personal decision to leave. And I think that now with him being more involved with the trading process and things like that, it's better for him in their future. It's just like what, he needs to think about and the organization needs to think about what trades are you actually going to make? Mm-hmm. Do you trade away McCollum? Teams that's something you got to consider. That's you got to consider it. It's not there's, there's, it's not working. And sometimes you take a big two and you need to make that big. Th- I mean, you could take McCollum and you could change it up and you could maybe make a big three out of him and Nurkic, you know, or you may, maybe I, I different agree. Team. The, the team Who is knows? too small. So the backcourt is too small. I think they really need to get, some larger guards they um well they, they have they, covington yeah. but they i think they need to get larger guards so i think mccollum is part of that issue is that he's a really good scorer but defensively people pick on him all the time so yeah he he in one of my fantasy leagues right i saw <laughs> i saw somebody traded him for buddy healed and i'm like that is probably <laughs> no to me that was the most like even trade possible they're oh, both really? like really solid scorers who just don't really play great defense they're both really solid two guards yeah that just don't play like fantasy wise they, i think yeah, they are a like standpoint. a net zero yeah. they are exactly the same i agree i, I agree, I agree NBA basketball league. wise to- totally different i'm not talking about i just just fantasy that was just a little sidebar uh yeah, yeah. straight i just on my third and as we as we exit the western conference and go over to the east yeah. people this is a long episode there's a lot to talk about <laughs> um the spurs it's pop they don't have scorers but i think uh, Dejounte murray and Keldon Johnson are going to rise to the occasion. I think losing DeMar DeRozan is a big hit. Mm-hmm. You know, Jakob Podol is not going <laughs> to. I like him. I like him, but he's, I think yeah, he's good. He's solid, but he's not going to be like your 30 point. No, 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 no. Off. But I think he's one of these glue guys that kind of get underrated in terms of he's a really good defender in the post. And he's a solid shot blocker. Yeah. He's a, yeah. And uh, he doesn't score, but. I think he's a willing passer. I've seen from the past couple of games, he had a, a six assist game, a four assist game. Like I, I really like that. He's not going to do too much. And I feel like he'll let Murray be Murray, Derek white, be Derek white. And those guys can really grow into their roles. I think obviously the star hurts them. And that's why you're putting him at 10, but I don't see, I don't see why Greg Povich can't take this team like this is where the coaching actually matters. Like in a team kind of like this, where everyone's kind of don't have right. Yep. Yeah. But I still see them. I mean, if we're looking, if we're looking at the West, who who's going to be better than them? The Pelicans, the Kings, the Rockets. Can I tell you who's my 10? Yes. The Timberwolves. <laughs> Interesting. I like, I'm not going to hate and I'm, I'm not going to hate on you for that. Yeah. And it's because it's because I'm not putting them too high. Obviously like it, if this was eight, I would get absolutely crapped on. But because, absolutely. 
because well, this is Atreus, right now the Timberwolves are in the third seed. <laughs> they won two games. They also, I just want to say, everybody, they started last year two and zero as well. So, <laughs> I it, would, I, the Thunder. Oh my God, the Thunder are going to get okay. Here's here's what I don't understand for the Thunder is you got all these draft picks and you traded away all your stars. Who are you building around? Shea Gilgis. He's. I don't. I think we're seeing that he's got to be a second guy. I know he's a really good player and he he has upside, but he's one of these guys that a solid defender, but he can't shoot the three. He's not a great shooter in general. So if he has cold streaks, he he doesn't really do much like as an all round if he's not scoring as much. So. Mm. Although he's a great player, he's got to have someone to take the attention away from him. And I think that he does obviously doesn't have that in in OKC, but we'll see what Sam Presti is, you know, concocting because it's got to go. It's all these picks have got to go somewhere. I think they have somewhere near, you know, 15 or 16 left after this past year. Some ridiculous. I really 15, like Josh. 15 picks. You're drafting a whole new roster of rookies. I, I just. I don't understand. Like, yeah, and that's my whole point is like, who is your star? Who are you like? What? What? They're waiting. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna swoop some some team up with like five, six first round. Picks they're waiting and, on Bronny. They're waiting on Bronny. They're waiting on Bronny. I really like Josh Giddy. I think he's a good. He's a good player. All right, but... I'm on. I mean, Josh Giddy. <laughs> my knees touch when I shoot. <laughs> no, I also. I. I also. Um, Watched a couple couple minutes and, and he looks good. A lot of people are really high on him. Uh, he played really well for the Australian team, so yeah, it's good. Uh, straight, I'm not gonna hate on you for the Timberwolves. Timberwolves with a healthy cat who plays more than fifty games. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's solid. You have the well, can Russell I tell you why you too? Ant, I love Anthony Ant. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I think last year he didn't really come into his own until the second half of the season, but for sure. Until, playing... until he dunked on Yuta Watanabe. <laughs> what a dunk, too. Holy man. crap, what a dunk. But, oh, my God. But until that kind of that point, no one really thought about Anthony Edwards in that, in that he could be a difference maker. But to start off the year, he's really – he's showing that he can, you know – he can be a consistent scorer and a good defender, and he's like a he, he's a decent playmaker. He's like a decent passer, too. So – to have him, to have Russell, to have Cat, right? And they have some they have some decent depth at forward. They have Jaden McDaniels, they have um what's his face? Uh, they have one of the, one of these other guys, but uh they have some <laughs> good they have some good forward depth. Let me let me just uh let me start that over. Wait, who do they have? Who was I trying to think of? Uh I'm putting up the drive. Oh yes, uh, Malik you know they Beasley? have some. They have some decent. They have some decent forward depth in Jane McDaniel's, Jared Vanderbilt. You know they have Torian Prince. They have some that Jalen Noel like as a guard. Like they have some decent depth pieces at guard and forward. Pat Beverly is their uh, backup point guard. Beasley. What a fraud. <laughs> what a fraud! I that man. I thought. I thought. I thought he was like. I respected his game at first, and then after all this drama, after the whole Dame saga, and after just like getting blown out and actually not legitimately being able to guard many people, 
Like he can guard a regular NBA player. He can't guard superstars. And he claims that he's like one of the best defenders ever. No, he literally looks like a wet rat. And all he does is (laughs) is talk. All he does is talk and be disrespectful. I'm sick of Pat Bev. I'm tired of it. And when I watched him play in the 2K tournament hosted by the NBA, he was obnoxious. I would he, like, like, realistically, gets, I would not be friends with this man. His, his ego is insane. He's his playing ego gets the best of him. I'm that man. I'm that man. He's literally like screaming. And like, I think he was like playing yeah. like DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton's like, okay, all right. All right. And he's like, he's like screaming. He's like, that's what I do. And then he, when he <laughs> lost, you're playing 2K, dog. And like, I get it. Like, get hyped, but not that much. Like, his eyes were bulging out of his skull. And when he lost, he just walked off. He just logged off. He just left. Yeah, he's he's a really bad loser. He's a really sore. He's like a sore winner, which is like the worst type of winner. But he is he yeah, is a decent down. backup. I, obviously, I'm not starting him in any in any team, but he's a good backup. Malik Beasley shooting off the bench. I like and Nas Reed. He's a great. He, I like Nas Reed on a permanent basis. I think you're not going to pay <laughs> play him more than 15 minutes, but he's going to get you two or three blocks. I like. I kind of like his just presence. I think they could. I think they could surprise people and make a tenth seed. Like I don't like. I think there's enough. If cat's bad healthy, teams. if cat's healthy, that's the only. That's if. And cat's I know. Healthy. I know. We 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 said. Let's think about. But realistically, every year you have to consider. And I made the mistake for years, especially when I'm. I like accidentally forget to draft my first pick. I always get cat, and I hate it because he's always hurt. And when he <laughs> plays, he's phenomenal, and he's such like a talented, prolific big man. Yeah, but when he's hurt, he's hurt, and he's hurt for a long time. And yeah, you know, last year I, I gotta I gotta hand it to him. He had a really tough year. He had he was so deeply affected by COVID in his family and with his own health. Very tough to see. But the years prior, he's also just been hurt. So I think this year, I think it's gotten to the point where he's like, okay, this is one of the best shots that I have currently. Not not my only shot for sure, but I have D'Angelo, I have Ant, I have. Like you just listed off a bunch of solid players on my team. Timberwolves could actually like be something. Yes. Maybe not a playoff, but a play in. So Shrey, thank you everybody for listening so far. That was our Western conference breakdown. There's a lot of stuff. We just dissected a lot of stuff. Now we transition over to the East. Mm. The East is a very interesting conference this year because it got a lot better. It got a lot better in my opinion. I mean, I think they went from really solid talent, but with a clear one and two in the Bucks and the Nets last year to a lot of different teams making a lot of moves. <clears throat> the Bulls, uh, the Knicks. I just, I, Shreyas, I want to see what you think. It was very hard for me to make this list and make mm-hmm. it definitive. There are a lot of arrows on my paper right now because there's a lot of teams that depending on certain factors could go up or down. However, mm-hmm. My number one is solid, but I want to hear your number one first. The Bucks, I think. Oh, okay. With, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of without question. I think you, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep them until, until they prove you wrong. Right. So I think the Bucks, they're, they're super deep. They are definitely injured to start the season. Like they have DiVincenzo out. Holiday has been injured already. Portis is out. You know they're kind of you know stringing it together with Giannis and 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 Middleton, but they have some guys that I really want to see if what they can do in a larger role like Jordan Nawara, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, George Hill. 
I, I like how these guys have been playing so far. So I think it's going to be key that when these guys, when their main guys get back into the rotation and get healthy, how are, how are these guys going to play? Because, you know, to fill out your, you know, 10 man rotation going into the playoffs, these are the guys you want to see play a lot of minutes, especially, you know, someone like Nuora and Allen who can score. So, I like them giving minutes right now and, you know, they're giving you solid minutes. And I, I think when you have Giannis and Middleton and the Bucks are just a great regular and Drew season Holiday. And Drew Holiday. Yeah, I, you, I mean, we saw, we saw in the season opener what the Bucks can do and what they mm-hmm. look like. And they were playing like it was the finals. Mm. But we saw that last year and that's why they are the reigning champions who are looking to repeat and looking to defend their title. I understand mm. that right now it's not the start of the season that they were hoping for with Bobby Portis getting hurt, with Brooke Lopez being out, with Drew Holiday and his heel, with Dante DiVincenzo being injured as well. Once these guys start coming back, and like you said, we're given, it's actually a great chance for some of the guys lower in the rotation to get some minutes and prove what they can do. Right. Now all of a sudden you have a really deep bench, even with guys that you just picked up, and you have Giannis. <laughs> You're set up for success. So the Bucks, unequivocally, in my book, are a number one seed. Absolutely. So okay, yeah. Moving number on to two. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so it's really big if, and I don't know, and I think that he'll come back. Oh, okay. Number two is the Nets. They yeah. are struggling right now, and if Kyrie does not come back, they are a four or a five for me. Oh, really? Okay. There, I'm. I'm going to put them at four. I'm going to be. I'm going to be a little bit more generous, but they're, they're struggling, and James Harden. In particular, especially with these new rules, in the first three games he went to the, he he had nine free throw attempts, yeah, which is exponentially lower it's than ridiculous. last season, the season prior, because his game is based off of like those, you know, drawing the foul, getting to the and line, getting yeah. get getting to the line, like that is what his game is, and he's incredibly good at it. And you have to give him credit; you can't say, "Oh, the refs are on his side." No, he plays so that he hooks your arm and goes up and gets the foul. Yeah. And he's an expert at it. But now with the new rules and the new rules about fouls, he's having a much harder time. Now, he's still putting up phenomenal numbers, and he's still that guy. And you still have Kevin Durant on the team. However, when Kevin Durant is not on the floor and James Harden is struggling to get going, wow, Mm. do they look bad. The only other guy that I'm watching and I'm like, okay, he's a baller, is Patty Mills. Joe Harris, in my book, is a certified fraud. (laughs) He's no, not he's great. A fraud. He's not great. He's a fraud and he does not look like he got any better this season. I am I am I am I am utterly appalled. I'm appalled that he has started the season as bad as he has after the embarrassment that he went through last season. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? You missed three open threes in game seven of the NBA Eastern well, in, in this Eastern Conference second round that would have sent you to the conference finals. I mean, mm. you can't you can't do that. Your job is to shoot those threes. They wouldn't have given you those opportunities had you not been that guy. You shot the best out of every other player in 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 the league at three point percentage. I just don't in and this year you come out and you just you still can't hit shots. What did you do in the offseason? Yeah, this whole like the whole point of having him was to space the floor so that you know, Durant can drive kick, Harden can drive kick, but if he's not making shots, then I say start, you know, start someone like Patty Mills. I know I know he's better 
playing against second units patty mills is and i think that's one of the most underrated pickups of the offseason was patty mills just because absolutely he's a guy that coming off the bench his his scoring spurts especially from deep you have to watch where this guy he's he's like almost immaculate coming off of screens he's he's great at pull up like he's I just love the way he plays. I, he's not a great defender, but you don't have him out there for defense. You have him out there. So you have that him to score. You have him out there so that you, there's another guy you have to watch out. You can't let this guy stay open. Like, and you saw it too. He had seven. He had seven and like seven for seven from three. I think ridiculous. And if Joe Harris can't step up, like maybe you need patty mills in the lineup until joe harris can figure out what the heck is going on with himself what so. the heck is going on i agree i i don't know why i'm so fired up about this topic because yeah. i'm not a nets fan it, it, it I'm, I'm a kd fan if anybody uh, i talked to somebody who was a james harden fan and, and he's expressing his frustration mm-hmm. um it, it's it's hard and and for nets fans i would be upset to watch the start for you guys to start one and two after a, a quote-unquote like bounce back season i mean after the terrible loss that you guys suffered and it, it wasn't mm-hmm. anybody's well except for joe harris's fault in particular kd <laughs> played as hard as he could it's just weird looking at their roster right I, i'm not really sure like what they have they're another like very veteran heavy team lamarcus yeah. aldridge is back apparently he doesn't have a heart condition anymore blake griffin cleared, yeah. who no i know he got cleared but it's like it's it's interesting it, to me that he's back he's back yeah it's and he's it, not i also don't think that he's really going to be an impact player yeah. Everybody everybody said because oh it's LaMarcus Aldridge it's a household name it's somebody that we recognize that oh okay that's that he's going to make an impact but he's older and he's not the player that he once was and I also just think in today's modern NBA he's becoming irrelevant. Yeah. As I'll, as a player style. I'll tell you I'll tell you what I have the Nets at 2 max as well and I think that's with or without Kyrie and for me I think it's because the slow start is because of Harden not being able to adjust immediately to those new rules for non-basketball shooting movements. I think he will be able to adjust. Harden's just a great scorer. He's not shooting well outside of being able to not get to the line. So when Harden gets back to being a 45, 46% shooter, like I think that'll up the Nets chances just, you know, tremendously. I like their offseason acquisitions, right? Patty Mills, and they also have some great, good forward guard, forward depth, and Mills, Harris, Brown, Cam Thomas. The only issue, and we just talked about this, is how weak they are in the front court. Like, yeah. like really, you have you have Paul Millsap, who Paul Millsap, James Johnson, geriatric. Uh, James Johnson uh, needs to comb those freaking sideburns. <laughs> geriatric. Uh, Nicholas Claxton too. I <laughs> confused. He's confused. He's Rob Williams from rookie year. He is a confused Absolute, man. He's confused man. He does not. Oh, dude, I watch them throw him alley oops, and he's just kind of like. I've seen so many great passes from Harden and great Nick Claxton, and Nick Claxton just fumbles them out of bounds, and I'm like, man. And this I see guy James Harden so going good. like, oh yeah. I remember. I remember he. He got he had a uh, he had a lob to Claxton and Claxton finally threw it down and I they right he said, before he was like thank God yeah he, he did a thank God, God thank type God. of like hands in the air and I was like wow that's how bad this guy is is that hard is like thank you for actually making a dunk 
I, I like his potential, but I feel like I don't know if he's going to realize it this year. So he's kind of confused. Aldridge, we already talked about. Griffin, I don't know how many minutes he'll play and what he'll do in those minutes, but he's there. But why I keep He's there. Two, he's on the court. Right. He's there on the court. And he'll play almost every game. It's just how many minutes will he and play? And he's still... Uh, yeah. Uh, they still have Bruce Brown, who right. I really like. They I got really DeAndre like Bembry who is an interesting pickup because I kind of feel like he does what Bruce Brown does just worse. Yeah. Um, Then you have Javon Carter, another interesting pickup. It's like, are you going to actually have him facilitate? Yeah. No, because you have James Harden if he's on the floor or KD. Like he, he, he's just kind of like a null. Like, is he going to be there to be a dedicated shooter? I wouldn't think so because he's not a phenomenal shooter. Maybe he'll, he'll fill in for Joe Harris. I don't know. But he's small. Honestly, those guys I could care less about. What I what I think is Durant and Harden, they resolve a multitude of issues. Like that that's how good they are. And if they can get it together, I know, they are. Yeah. Regardless they will, of who they will. They will. And they will, right? And if they can get it together, they they'll be a number two just based off of no one can stop them. So I think and also think it, about Cam Thomas too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I talked about him being kind of a sleeper, just being in that kind of guard guard lineup that they have. If one of these guys will random. have to get yeah. 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 I think I think also just to end with talking about the Nets is because of their star power, right? Just having Durant and Harden, people still want to go play for them. So don't you know think about in the future they probably will be able to acquire some sort of buyout. Think about the season. Yeah, yeah. think about the season. It's and, it's a long season, and it, and you have two of the best basketball players in the league. And one of the best trade, basketball players right? of all time. And a trade. So yeah. people want to go there. Like, Brooklyn is a destination just based on Durant and Harden being available. So a Kyrie comes back, they are, they are a certified two. Yeah. They need his scoring. I'll say it. I, I really think that they do. They, the, the, the trio was so deadly. It's it's tough to stop all three of them. You can't. You can't. And and I think that that as weird as Kyrie is, they got along fine. I think they got along fine. I mean, they made mm-hmm. it as far as they did, and they were so effective with what they did because they got along fine. Yeah. You know, I do I think that James Harden and Kyrie are chums? No, probably not. I think Katie and Kyrie are like <laughs> they're friends. I think yeah. Harden and KD yeah. are are friends. I just they have the, a the good tri- synergy well, on the court. They have a good synergy on the court. I don't think that they're hanging out too much. Bro, did you see the live stream where Kyrie is talking and Katie's just like got his hoodie pulled up over his head, like almost all the way close? <laughs> Kyrie says something. Katie's just like, what? <laughs> My favorite was um, someone tweeted like, uh, why? Like some something something along the lines of like, you know, downing Kyrie in a sense, right? And then they're like, oh, why is Kyrie on? I think it's something to do with the top 75 and like, why are you, you know, why is he being considered or why, why is he on the list or whatever? And, and, uh, is like, and he's like, am I crazy? And then KD responds and he's like, because you're a casual. And then the guy responds to KD and goes, ah, but a vaccinated casual. <laughs> <laughs> and I died. Cause I was like, that's hilarious. But yes, I think, I think in general, we have them at two just based on the star power, the potential. If Kyrie comes back, they're significantly better team. But even if he doesn't, I trust that these, you know, the two stars will figure out a way to to get them into that top two. 
Let's move on, Max, to three through Number five. Three. three through five. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting, interesting. I have mine, and I don't think that anybody is going to agree with me. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know who's going to agree with me. I, but watching and knowing what I know of basketball and being right a good amount of the time, here's uh. what I think: <laughs> the New York Knicks come in for me as number three. No way. Yes way. Yes way. Do you think Philly's going to be better than them? Absolutely no. not. Who's going to be better than them? It's it, for me. It's Bucks, Nets. Knicks and I never okay. thought that I would say that the New York Knicks are going to be a third seed but I think as long the only stipulation the only contingent and 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 Joe Joe Sorallo if you're listening to this this is for you uh, I think the only stipulation is if Tommy Thibodeau does not overwork the hell out of his guys they are hmm. a third seed throughout the entire season they're not going to be better than the Nets or the Bucks. But they are they are a a solid team, and I think that they legitimately improved on everything that they were lacking last year. If you can take a double overtime win in which Julius Randle like absolutely annihilates the Celtics, and then all of a sudden you have freaking French Fournier, who is a great <laughs> player. No, no, no. And here's the thing too. Here's the thing too. We've said this before, and I will I will say it again. The Celtics organization mismanages players to the utmost degree. Yeah. Time and time again, we have seen players come and go, and they have been better both before mm. and after they were on the team. And the mm -hmm. most recent example is Evan Fournier. Fournier was an 18-point-per-game scorer when he was on the Orlando Magic. He was that guy. Everybody argues, oh, well, he had his shots. He had whatever. It doesn't matter. He was an 18-point-per-game sco uh, scorer, right? He comes to the Celtics. He's like a 10. He's not very good. He 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 just gets abused on defense because they want him to play in a way that he's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. Then he leaves, goes and plays for the Olympics, uh, like annihilates Team USA when they played. He was phenomenal. He annihilates a bunch of teams. He was phenomenal. Then he goes to the Knicks, and you can see what he can do. He's not gifted defensively, and he gets blown by a lot, but he is a scorer. He is a scorer. Mm. And I do, you know, you got you to gotta think about that first game. Celtics just couldn't guard him, but he yeah, is a scorer, he got hot. and now, he got hot. And now you have Kemba, who I'm not high on at all. I think he can't guard a paper bag, and you saw that. That was the only reason the Celtics brought it to double OT is because they abused Kemba. Uh, I just think the Knicks addressed all the issues. Obi Toppin is emerging. Emmanuel quickly is going to get better as the season goes on. Julius Randle is great. Deserved most improved player, and I think he's only going to keep getting better. When mm. you have a guy who is as big and as strong, oh my God, the strength is an underrated factor. He is so strong. When you yeah. have a guy who has his physical attributes, who can handle and shoot the ball like he can, oh my God. Oh mm. my God. And they have they have the depth. They have Derrick Rose. And in in, 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 I just want to say, they have enough guards now where Derrick Rose can continue to play that six-man role. The reason that they won that double over team, over team, overtime game, first game is because they brought in Derrick Rose because he's talented enough where he was that fresh set of legs and he got them two points and that's all they needed. Mm. I think that the Knicks are a comprehensive, well-structured basketball team that is going to go very far. I think that they may not win the whole championship and I'm not talking about the playoffs, but I think regular season, they are going to be hard to beat. Okay. That is my argument. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I, I have the Heat at number three. And okay. I think they did more in their offseason than the Knicks did. 
you know, adding Kyle Lowry, I think regardless of how his role stands, I think having a veteran and shoring up the point guard position, which had a lot of inconsistency with Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn and, you know, who do we play this time? Oh, we're playing none. And now, now you know you're playing Kyle Lowry, Lowry if you have him, right? Then adding Tucker was huge. I think, you know, he's just he's a starting guy that you want defensively next to Bam Adebayo. And then to add on to that, they got Markeith Morris. And I'm like, these are dogs that they got. And I think we talked about it too when we did our offseason podcast that these are some really good acquisitions. And if Victor Oladipo can rehab well and come back at any point in the season, that's I don't a, even think they need him. I don't think they need him. But it's a yeah. bonus. For that's sure. how good that's a good they are. Sure. I, I expect Bam to take a step, uh, you know, step forward this year. He's expect, so good. I accept uh, I expect Jimmy Butler to play well. And yeah, he may not have as much playmaking opportunity with Kyle Lowry there, but I think he's as good as it gets and he understands how to play basketball and just what his and he's a dog and they have they have the dog mentality and tyler hero off of the first couple of games yeah you know we talk about a productive offseason that man had a productive offseason yeah he took his sophomore slump and so far he's turned it around and he's not going to shoot like this every single night but to show that he has the capability to do it again that he's added more moves to his bag that he's continued to improve his shooting that he is not as much of a defensive liability Mm mm-hmm I think that is huge for them. And when you have a great playmaker and a great, great, you know, guard in Kyle Lowry and you have Jimmy Butler and you have Bam Adebayo, I mean, oh, what more do you need? And you continue to have white guy sniper Duncan Robinson who just give me, give me six to nine points a game. That's all I need from you at this point. Seriously. I need you to make two to three threes and yeah. then you, you have done your job. Seriously. Come out, get, get a three, go back on the bench, come out, get a three, go back on the bench. That's all I need him to do. He can, I, I think he has a little bit more potential than that. But when you look at the other guys on the team, uh, yeah. Getting rid of Goran Dragic and getting Kyle Lowry. Huge. huge. Yeah. So I really, I really like where they're at. And I think they had a down year last year. And I think uh, they'll definitely step up this year just based on the people that they, they got. So I have the, the heat at three max. If I can move on to four and five, I have the Bulls at four, and I have okay. your number three Knicks at number five. Okay, so our top our top teams are very similar. So I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just explain mine. Uh, so yeah, I have after the Knicks at at three. Yeah, I have the Bulls at four and the Heat at five. Okay, yeah. So we have those just shifted around a little bit. Just but shifted around a little bit. The Bulls. We both have we both have the Bulls at four. So talk about Bulls the at Bulls four. A little bit. Uh, wow. 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 I said, Mm -mm. I said before, and I'll say it again. I don't want any, I don't want a single MF -er to sleep on the bulls anymore. I knew, I knew when I went to bed at night after saying that I knew that the bulls were going to be exciting and I knew that they were going to be good. I didn't think that they were going to start off three and oh, and all those Mm. people who were talking about their defense. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yes. They let up a lot of points, but here's the thing. They run so fast that They're it legit. doesn't matter. They They're are def- legitimate. They they make they have def- like obviously yeah you're not gonna with how prolific scoring is you're not gonna like stop every team under hundred points right like there's gonna be games where you're gonna let up more than hundred points. And the East and the West are are good. You have score right when you 
the NBA just keeps getting better every year. And when you have so many, I mean, we, the names that we've mentioned today, we, we can't even touch on how many people are capable of dropping a 30 point game. Yeah. Right. That affects the total score and the scoring is going up and it's not for lack of defense. I mean, you watch these games and people are playing phenomenal defense and you can't get any better than that without fouling, but it's just, the scoring is, is so good. And it's how they get their scoring too. It's like, they're not, they're not, I feel like every person on the, on the starting lineup has their place, Yeah, which I can't say for a lot of teams where, yeah, you have a lot of talent, but sometimes the talent you feel like, oh, okay, this guy's skill set doesn't really match with this guy's skill set. And, but you have Lonzo Ball, right? He's not going to be a score first point guard. He's going to be a pass first point guard and he's going to bring really good defensive value. Zach Levine is going to be your your go-to Scorer. guy, right? He's going yeah. to be your he's he's your leader, he's your go-to guy. He's the guy that's been there the longest. He understands his role. DeMar DeRozan is a playmaker. He 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 doesn't need to score to to make an impact. He he's yep. a great passer and he's a great he's a great driver too. Like he, like he's just he's he's a good guy just he scores his 20, but it's not all in the same way where it impacts someone else scoring you know, the similar way. Vucevic, he's a guy that I feel is one of the most underrated players in the league. He's not probably going to put up the stats on the Bulls team that he did in Orlando, but he's a guy that can stretch the floor. He he, he can shoot threes now. He gets, he he's not going to allow defense, uh, you know, offensive rebounds. He's a hoarder of the basketball on the defensive boards. Mm-hmm. And he, he's he's like he's his mid-range game is really good like like yeah and you run him in a pick and roll and now you have a center that can shoot the mid yeah oh my gosh the absolute overhaul that the bulls team did i can't say much i can't say enough about this front office that coming from last year when it felt like dang like how are they gonna get anyone to be on this team and slowly but surely they took a lot of those pieces that I felt I didn't know how much value they had and they just like starting with Vucevic and then bringing in ball on a contract and then bringing in DeRozan and you're like wow in a matter of six months they went from bottom tier of the league to what we feel is a top four team in the Eastern Conference that's very tough to do so that is insane and, and last year after they made the Vooch trade we were like okay yeah. They're, they're on the right track. And uh, Shreyas, I'm going to echo exactly what you said. They made the right moves. Think about also, too, did you mention Alex Caruso? And I did not. Another, another, like, another dog, right? He, he, he can score. He can finish. He can shoot when he needs to, and he can play defense, right? His defense is, is the most underrated pass. The part about him is that he's, I think so. He can guard. He's he can a guard perimeter people. defender. He's really good at it. Absolutely. And playing he, those lanes. Yeah. And so think about two. You have you have Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. Say mm. that they're, you know, at any given moment. And you still have Kobe White on the team too. Yeah. Don't forget. He's, he's a guy a who good, can he, he's he, he's going to be good. He's now, a heat streak kind of guy. Like if he gets hot, like just let him let him play it out kind of guy. You all of these guys are 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 Here's the thing about it, maybe you know, Vooch is still athletic, but but like Zach Levine, DeMar mm-hmm. DeRozan, you know, the guys that we just mentioned plus Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr. All of these guys are and Pat hyper. Williams, 
and Pat Williams, all of these guys are hyper athletic. Yep. Now, what this allows you to do is to be fast, strong, and quick. Now you can run in transition, and the Bulls' transition game is unparalleled. And it's that's crazy. why you keep guys like Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr. These are mm. guys who you can just – and Zach Levine. These are guys that you can throw the ball up to, and they are going to score. They They're also so added – they're like freaking awesome. Derek Jones Jr. There. is is incredible. <laughs> Still, uh, I think that Eric Gordon should have won the dunk contest. That's beside the point. Uh, now you also have Matt Thomas on the roster too, who I didn't realize that they picked up, but he is oh, yeah. a guy again who's going to come off the bench and get you a three. He's I a like- phenomenal shooter, and that's it. That's all you need him for. Yeah, I like I liked him in Toronto. I think man, they they're just so deep, and like like we like we talked about they just have a place for everybody. I don't feel yeah. like somebody restricts another person from getting into, it's like you, you know, took getting, it's getting out Shreya's, of their rhythm. It's, it's the, the bulls, what the bulls did in, in, and think about the coaching too, just real quick. They, they brought in Billy Donovan and they have Mo cheeks as their mm-hmm. assistant coach. You, you love know, Mo cheeks. what we love Mo cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> what they did. I, and what the bulls remind me of is that why that you come up against at the rec center who everybody's kind of like nobody's particularly tall nobody's particularly like beefy but they're mm-hmm. I, they're all just hoopers and they're they all dogs. know how to play the game and they're dogs and they can do everything and everybody can just about do everything and they run you to the ground yeah because they know how to play with each other and they pass when they need to pass and they score when they need to score and they just literally run circles around you and you don't even know what happened and all of a sudden the game's 15 up mm that is who the Bulls have created, just in NBA form. And they are so, so fun to watch. They are really fun to watch. I never thought I'd say that about a modern Bulls team. But, man, I really love their players. Just It feels like everything is going right for them. And you know, I love to see a team that, especially a front office that believes in a team like this. You know what I mean? Like, Zach Levine was the only guy there and you know they could have just been like eh we'll start over and trade Zach Levine and get some you know get some picks for him and you know start over right but no they said we're gonna build around this guy and we're gonna show him that hey we can build we can make a contending team without having to start over when things don't go right like we can just we can use what we have and 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 build around it and then look at where they are now. Like they, they didn't have to die again just to rebirth, like to be reborn. Like they, they were in the middle and they were at the bottom of the league, but they, they figured their way out and then, you know, just built around the guys that they had. I really like where they went. So. Yeah, Shrey, I, I, I totally agree. And and right now, as we speak, they are up by uh, nine points on the Raptors and everybody, just the stat line is just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's the ridiculous. Is, DeRozan, I mean, 18 points. Vucevic, 16 points. Ball, 15 points. Levine, 19 points. And then look at the assists, to too. Yeah. Lonzo Ball has five. DeRozan has six. Levine has five. Vuce has one assist and eight rebounds. Yeah. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. has 11 points. Caruso has six points and two two assists. Patrick Williams has two assists. Like Two blocks. Just, like, like they just have ev- they have a guy for everything. And that's like the type of team you want to root for. Is they don't have like some star studded team like mm-hmm. but they have really good guys and and talk about defense too i just want to yeah. say the team has four blocks and nine steals on eight turnovers yeah pretty and good. they're on the fourth quarter that 
16 for 16 on free throw. They're shooting 44% from three, 47% from the field. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, for if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, that's a fourth seed if I've ever seen one. Okay, five. Who did you have? I had the Knicks, and let me, let me tell you why. Is I didn't see... I, I, I feel like this team isn't a surprise anymore. I don't know how much more this current team can surprise the league. And it can be viewed as good or bad. Like, I feel like the good part about it is that we know how good they are, right? Like, they, they have the talent to be a top eight team. The bad part about it is that they didn't really do enough to to offset some of like the bulls or the heat in terms of what they did in the offseason, how they kind of shored up their needs. I feel like Fournier, as good as he is from a spreading the floor standpoint, I think Randall's still the number one. So I think his playmaking is, which was his strong suit in Orlando, isn't going to be there again in, in New York, especially with people like Randall Rose handling the ball, Barrett handling the ball. But, the bad part about, you know, people like Barrett handling the ball is that there's not going to be a lot of consistent shooting outside of Randall and even Rose. There's not going to be a lot of offense that I feel on a consistent basis. If they're not, if Randall's not shooting well, if Rose isn't shooting well, I don't trust Barrett to, to help out with that. I don't trust, you know, uh, like the Mitchell Robinsons to stay healthy I feel like this team just did enough. Like they're just, they're there and they didn't do much, but they they're good. They're good enough to be a good Eastern conference team. And that's why I kind of have them in the middle is they didn't do much in, in a, in a personnel standpoint to, to make me feel confident that they can take a step up versus teams like the bulls who have clearly felt like they needed to take a step up and have done the sort of, thing that they needed to do so i still think they're in that middle for front and kemba walker i'm i'm not he's not gonna play a lot of minutes every i think they're gonna go no to because he can't Rose. guard anybody he can't yeah, guard so, anybody and he's so I think he should Derek, be a backup to d Rose. yeah yeah Derek rose is gonna have a lot of minutes i think quickly is not gonna play a lot just because they have people like fournier rose walker burks no and, see i think i think quickly is gonna i think quickly will impress by the middle to the end of the season and that's uh, that's I think that's only because if there's an injury. I think if all those guys that I talked about stay healthy, I don't think quickly is getting a lot of minutes. I think Thibodeau plays okay. his guys that he likes. He, he knows and he likes. I and see. he likes, yeah, and he just doesn't do anything off of that. Mitchell that's Robinson why these guys got a lot bigger minutes. though. <laughs> Mitchell yeah, Robinson got a lot bigger, and I, I think like that he me. that's going to help him stay healthy. I think he added like necessary weight to his arms and his mm, legs mm. that will help him be more of a solid, um, you know, just physically reliable. R- yeah, reliable center. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. so for my five, I, I have the heat and I think everything that you said is true. I think they made a lot of great moves in the off season. I just, I, things, things happen to go wrong for the heat. Sometimes, you know, they still have Spo as, as a great basketball mind leading the team. They have mm-hmm. great players. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're better than, and, and I think your argument stands. I think you could argue that they are better than the Knicks or will be better than the Knicks. I don't personally believe so. That's mm-hmm. just me, though, and and, yeah. and I, I'm open to be surprised and disappointed. I of don't course. think that they're better than the Bulls. I never thought, really, oh, right. in, in this in this time, that, that I was going to say the Bulls are going to be this good, mm-hmm. but they really are. I, and and I think that the Heat, 
have a lot of great pieces, and I think that they are a very good team. And like what I said in the beginning about how these teams are so close, like this, this the four and the five seed to me is not the three to the five seed is not a big difference, really. Mm. I think even the one to the five, I think the teams are going to be within a very few games of each other. I think the standings are going to change all the time. Yeah. But I think based off of how things are going to go, this is probably where they're going to be more consistently placed. Okay. So, I, I, I don't. I, yeah. See, they're so tightly to like intertwined. Like how how close they are together. Like the gap between each team is pretty close based on how the current construction is that I can't really disagree with anything you said and why you're arguing that the heat should be five and the Knicks should be three. But I think it's more of just kind of, uh, uh, from what I see of the players, right? Like we, we have to go off of how, what they did in the off season and kind of this first week, how they've been, you know, using their rotations. And I like well, more what the heat have been doing than what the Knicks have the been Knicks. doing. Okay. I think and I, I think, I think the longevity opposite. wise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I think cool. based off of the first week of play, I would say that. Yeah. Okay. Agree to disagree. There we go. Yeah. Healthy debate. All right, Trey. Who do you have? Let's talk about the sixth, rest of six. Yeah, six through eight. Really. Yeah. Let's and then we can talk the about the the sleeper maybe. Yeah. So six through eight, I have the Hawks at six. I have the Celtics at seven, and I have the Seventy Sixers at eight. And uh, okay, just go. I want to hear your hawk. I go go to your Hawks first. Yeah, I think so Hawks are Hawks, pretty straightforward. I, th- I think Hawks this are pretty straightforward. They're coming off the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're still hungry. They're still deep. Um, but the key to this team is health. I know that I made the standpoint of if everyone is healthy. So that's why they are a six. But I think they have <laughs> they don't have the propensity to go any higher just because of how good some of these teams are. I, I, like, I agree. You know, I agree. But they have an ability to go lower in the case, you know, Bogey, Hunter, Reddish, Capel, they all have an injury history. So they're or they so just dependent. Stop playing well. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I agree. The upside is is pretty high, but it's not high enough to put them really much higher. Because Agreed. I think, yeah, DeAndre Hunter and and Cam Reddish and and Capella and Bogey, I think that if they all play really well, it's gonna be a great team. It's, I really it's do. so Ke- deep. Kevin yeah. Herter, Herter. If Kevin yeah. Herter can like get his act together and play like he played for a few games last season, where yeah. he was really, really solid. And my my dad for some reason loves Kevin Herter. I like Kevin Herter too. Oh, you guys! I, I he's like. Not that I do good. like him. He's not. He's not, that he's good. not great. No, he's not great. But oh, I don't think they need him to be great. They're not asking him to play thirty minutes. I like him as this guy. Like he knows how to make the right pass, and he's not. He's a streaky shooter, which a lot of you know, these types of guys are, but I just like the way he plays. He plays kind of long. He, he's, he understands the mid range. He doesn't kind of just settle for threes and stuff. I, I like him. He doesn't have to play a lot to, to make an impact, but I think this team is so dependent on Trey, even though they have so much depth that if he's limited, like he was in the playoffs last year, like if he gets like some sort of like, injury where he has he can play but he you know he's not as effective this team is toast so i think that's Mm -hmm. why the depth only helps them but it can also be a detriment if something were to happen to either trey or one of those guys so um that's why i have him at six the celtics we talk a lot about the celtics on this podcast i think people know uh no trey you're too generous we don't, we don't talk enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seven is generous. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I am, I after watching the first couple of games, I am lower. 
watching game one, I was like, okay, we've got this. Watching games two through four, uh, no, I, I'm sorry. It's more of this. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. It's more of the same crap. And at this point, you need to come to the realization that 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 JT and JB together are not it. Just like we talked Ooh. about the Blazers. No, straight. One of them has to go at this point. They do not oh work well God. together. I'm saying it because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of watching Jason Tatum uh, uh, be, a, be, a, be a GD ball hog. I'm sick of it. I so think that I he is. What, so I'm almost think, done. I'm almost done. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a factor of J- Jalen Brown, right? No, like, I don't. I think Jalen Brown is so good. Yeah. I think he needs the only concern for JB is just stepping up to really solidify himself as a leader because I think that he mm. could be. I think mm. that now that he's getting older and with the things that he does for the community on the side, you know, mm. being an activist, being a voice, being being part of the Players Association, being a guy right. who just does all these talks, I think that's phenomenal. And I think that's helping him grow as a person and translates to him being a great basketball player. We mm-hmm. saw in game one what he is capable of. Talk about a productive offseason. He looks like he's gotten better. I'm just concerned about his injuries. And I need him to take the step, not mm. skill wise, just emotionally as a leader. Jason Tatum, mm. um, <laughs> he is, I can't, okay, because here's the thing, and it's tricky, because he is one of the most skilled players in the league. And yeah. I think if you look at him as a player, he is absolutely, he's, he's like number 11 right now. A lot of people rank him as like 11, 12. Some people put him in the top 10. I can't disagree with that based off of who he is as a skills player. I think as a basketball player, he's not good. Interesting. As a basketball and a team player, he's yeah. not good. And I'm sick and tired of watching him try to just play his game and force everybody else into playing his game. And I think that's the issue with our system. And it might be that Brad Stevens is still in the management. It might be whatever. I'm really high on the new coach still. I think his rotations are a little weird. And I think that he needs some growing pains and he needs time to get proficient at our at, at whatever he wants his system to be and, right. and, and to step into his role so i'm not i'm not doubting him at all i think this year for the first time in a while we have solid role players but watching the first three games stray this is what i was upset about last time is all it is is jason tatum jason yeah. tatum in, in that that game one Knicks game should not have had those shots in overtime he shot like dog meat that the ball should have gone to Jalen brown it should have gone to schroeder before it went to tatum it should have gone to smart again I mean, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous, and he fudged it himself, and he puts his hands up asking for a foul after a god-awful take after you shot 22% from the field. I am absolutely sick and tired of watching him ISO. Yeah, okay, he can make crazy faders. He is so long, and he has the athletic potential to be a great player. He just doesn't drive to the rim, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm tired of still seeing him just settle for these god-awful fadeaway shots and these god-awful isos and these god-awful plays where he just plays with his back to the basket. When JB can facilitate the ball, the team is fantastic. Even with old Al Horford and no true big, and it's weird to me too that like Cantor won't get any minutes. He's another player where when he's not on the Celtics, he's better. He was a 20-10 and 10 guy for Portland last year. When he was on the Celtics a few years yeah. ago, he was solid, but he never put up those numbers. Now he comes back to us and he doesn't even play. Is it because he was canceled by China? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting. I think as long as Robert Williams is healthy, I think you gotta play him as much as possible. I think I, I do like how Al Horford has played, you know, coming off of For the, sure. the COVID. But he's still slow and he's still old. But yes, but I agree. Man, is he's he can still be effective like when he gets the minutes. 
I'm interested to see more of the depth of this team, right? Because you talked about they don't play. Yeah, well, you talked about Jason Tatum, and the one the one thing about Tatum is yes, he's the most talented player on the court, right, for this team. But he's not the he's not the best basketball player. But yeah, the when he's not on, right? So when he's on, like he is tonight. His everything starts flowing for him. He's able to play make. He's able to get other people open, right? When his shot is on, but when his shot is not there, he's not able to have the same impact that, say, a Kevin Durant or a James Harden could when their shot is not on. And that's the one thing that that's kind of restricting him now from taking that step up into, say, the top five players in the league is his ability to yeah you're gonna have bad days but how are you going to make your team better even though your game isn't going well so exactly he doesn't he doesn't pass anymore and it's the black hole syndrome that we've seen for years when the ball goes to Tatum the ball can be flowing when he's not on the floor when it goes to Tatum all he does is hold on to the ball and I would hate 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 to play with him on my team I understand I understand that tonight he had 41 points and he stuffed the stat sheet with eight rebounds and eight assists. But we will never, ever, ever do anything in the playoffs with him playing like he does now. It, it It's definitely difficult. And I know we didn't have JB for that net series, but it wouldn't have made a difference. I know <laughs> Jalen Brown is, is, is so much more enjoyable of a player to watch, to watch. play a team team basketball at this point. Like just talking about it now. Jason Tatum definitely needs to needs to understand that team basketball doesn't revolve around how he's playing and then that outwards. It should start with the team and then and then when he's called upon, he needs to play well. So that there's that's why they're, they're going to be very inconsistent. That's why I have him at 7. You may have him lower because you the 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 Tatum Brown dynamic works and then it doesn't work and then it works and then it doesn't work. But I don't think I, I don't think I really don't think Tatum and Brown have a dynamic together. I mm-hmm. think that they're two players who and yes, okay, Tatum had an alley oop to Jalen Brown. They just on the court. I don't know. It's just weird to me. It's weird and like knowing what I know about basketball and watching yeah. these other teams and watching the Celtics and and it's not even just because like they're. Uh, a hometown team so i'm more tied and more emotionally invested it's they Mm. play a weird brand of basketball that just like is hard to watch Mm. now i do want to say shout out dennis schroeder because he got 23 points tonight eight assists uh that is exactly what he was going to do he's a baller and i think maybe he can help turn this team around i just i don't know i don't know shrey i i don't know I, i i need i need people to start talking crap about tatum so he can like realize because I don't care. It's 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 got to be the most hollow like top scoring games when he when we fell apart. We got destroyed by the Raptors. Yeah, and he didn't uh, play well in that game. Uh, he did not. And I and think, oh, Tatum played well against the Rockets. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jalen Brown was <laughs> out, but we still let the Rockets score ninety-seven points on us. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have these games. I I understand kind of where you're coming from. I still think there are low playoff team just because of how bad the rest of the league is like i guess the bottom of the league is i don't see oh no like, they're, I, they're they're eight for me they're eight they're still in yeah, the playoffs so they're still in the playoffs 
But um, so between seven and eight, between the seven Celtics and 76ers, I kind of, even though 76ers are missing Ben Simmons, it's I Joel still, Embiid is still, you can't, he's still that. Yeah. He's still that good. And DeAndre think, Drummond makes a big impact. I didn't think that he was going to be that much of an impact player. He really is. And you have Seth Curry, who's still like a really solid scorer. You have and, Danny green. Who's a really solid shooter. Then you have Matisse Thybul who is like solid, like that you have a he's lot a good, of, really he's a good defender. Players. I still, I, I still trust Tobias Harris, like as a player. I do too. Yeah. I do um, too. Yeah. He's not worth the contract that he got, but he's a very good player and he deserves to be that playmaker when they don't have Simmons. And then um, you have Jojo. Who and then, is... Yeah. And then you have, and then you have Embiid. I, I believe though that Tyrese Maxey isn't the answer at point guard. I like him as a yeah. player, but I like him at a two. Yeah, he's not he's not a starter worthy uh, type of player. I like him off the bench and giving that real burst. So mm-hmm. without Simmons, you know, if Simmons comes back, they're they're a regular season team that you know deserves consideration. Like you know, up in that six seven. Like obviously they're not going to do anything because it's the same team, but they're a good regular season team, right? Like we know how they how they play in the regular season. But without him, they're at the low end, like eight nine and i have them at eight so you know there's i have i am at seven and i would i would argue that even with simmons after all the drama they'll still be they could make it up to like six or five i agree Mm -hmm. i just think that they're they're not as good as they once were and they'll be a solid again i'm going to reiterate one more time is that the gap between these c these seedings and these teams is not very large right so a seven seed is not necessarily incredibly worse than a four right i agree with that so yeah, who do you have, Shrey? Nine and ten. As nine and ten. Yeah, so I have the Hornets at nine, and I have the Wizards at ten. And just quickly, exactly I love, what I have. Yep, I love the Hornets. Um, I think Miles Bridges has been a revelation to start the season. Oh my and, god! Yeah, and um, I think if he's gonna take a step forward, that does wonders because him and Lamelo already have a great chemistry. Like they're just, they just play really well together, but he wasn't getting the opportunity. He wasn't playing the minutes, but now he's playing like 34, 35 minutes a game and he's scoring and he's, you know, he, he gets a couple passes here and there that I'm like, Ooh, this is like, he, he understands where the ball needs to go. And then, you know, he's a decent defensive player, but like, he's just all around the court, his energy on the court and his ability to make like wild plays and like, just kind of suck the energy out of road teams and like really feed off of the crowd is like, that'll be really fun to watch in, in Charlotte and LaMelo great player, Gordon Hayward. I don't think they need to aim to play as much, like as well as he once did for this team to play well. I think if he's like kind of the veteran presence and he's averaging like 15, 16 points a game, that's all he needs to do. As for the Wizards, I really, I like, I like, you know, even though they lost Westbrook and Westbrook was the real reason that they were able to come back at the end of the year and make the playoffs, like that second half stretch that Westbrook had was unbelievable. I think this team fits well. Like I, they, they got the, they got some nice depth for Westbrook, right? They have Kuzma now. I, I like him either in uh, a small forward, power forward role. Rui hasn't played yet. I like Rui. He's not like some sort of like defensive stalwart, but I think as a as a guy that can score in multiple ways, I, I like him. They have Gafford and then Thomas Bryant when he comes back and then Harrell. 
like that i think that kind of is like a solid center position depth that they have and then dinwiddie i like dinwiddie because people kind of underrate him like and he's coming off the injury people don't uh-huh. not people don't really know what he did come before but he was really good scoring the basketball before the injury averaging like 20 and 6 before he got um before he got hurt so i think he's going to be a good facilitator and just let Beal like do what he needs to do so i think that's enough and cuz I, I don't like the pacers this year i think they're too injured already and they're very stagnant and i don't think rick carlisle's like form of basketball is really all that appealing to me so i don't see them doing much and you know obviously i won't talk about like the magic and the you know i mean those types of teams so it's it's and they're not it's it's not yeah yeah i agree so the hornets i I, I totally agree hornets hornets are a fun like you said miles bridges Lamelo ball great just super exciting team uh they're gonna be yeah absolutely uh yeah pacers pistons Cavs, raptors uh just there's not there's not much in it for me and i agree Mm. i think the wizards hey great that they started two and oh I think that's mm-hmm. very impressive, and I think Dinwiddie is going to be a great addition. And I think that they have a lot of like you know Montrez Harrell. Forget Kyle Kuzma, that guy's a bum. <laughs> but everybody else on that team, I think there's a lot of like you know hard nosed players that are that are still really solid. As much as as much as you know, Kyle Kuzma is not a great defensive player as he would like to think he is, but no. he has the ability to score. And I think while players like Rui and Thomas Bryant and got Dan Gaffer too. Yeah. Like while these players try to find their footing, Avdia, like they have some good depth there. Davis Bertans, like, like they don't oh, have to really right, Davis depend. Bertans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know he's not, <laughs> but he'll have that game where he hits like, you know, he gets like 30 and like seven threes. Right. So, right. I think, I think they have enough that they can scrape together a good, like a, like a below 500 like small like slightly below 500 season and make it into that 10 spot and so i think i, I think that's where i have them right there so i think we're on the same all page. right all right wow what an episode this was the first ever two hour plus episode of amateur hour i mean there's just it's chock full of content everybody yeah. if you've made it this far I'm impressed. I'm thoroughly impressed. But that means that you probably like basketball. So thank you for being here with us. And uh, Max, yeah. we'll we'll post these uh, on uh, our Instagram, on our Instagram, too. and Twitter. We'll post our, and we'll have we can have people you know kind of engage with us Comment on what we feel on yeah. what. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and so if you don't listen to the episode, you can just catch it there and then break it down. Yeah, <laughs> listen to the episode. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody for being here. Um, what a crazy you know. Really excited for the season as pessimistic as i am about the celtics i hope that they do well it's just hard for me it's just hard but we'll see every year i'm not going to get into it we'll talk about it more (laughs) all right so everybody (laughs) thank you for being here on this incredibly long but action-packed episode of amateur hour a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports i'm your host max along with trace and we will see you next time Peace.